Welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people, interesting questions. And joined with me today, the senior reporter from IGN, a little website, you ever heard of it, uh, Rebecca Valentine. Rebecca, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It is an absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh, rumor has it, we got a handful of questions here for you. Maybe a Just few. Just a handful. Just we'll a couple. see. Do I get yeah. to ask you any questions? Is there any part about where I get oh. to do that? Uh, I mean, feel free. It's, it's. I want one at the end. I want one at the end. Okay. That's okay. fair. That's Deal. see, this is the tease now. Now yeah. <laughs> there's a question I used to when I when I hosted a podcast, there's a question I used to ask all my guests. And so I want to I want yeah, okay. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. But listeners, strap in. You're getting the question at the end here. <laughs> uh but where would we be without a, a couple ground rules, a couple terms and conditions that we can quickly click through here? Uh, like, uh, grand rule number one, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the question. Be yes or no suffice. Give me a yes or no. A short story about your life helps us get a better answer. I want to hear that story. Uh, grand rule number two. Uh, this is not a wolf blitzer interview by any means, since I'm using such current, uh, terminology there. Uh, this is not a, uh, a gotcha interview by any means. If you want to pass over a question, you can pass. No judgment. No worries. And grand rule number three, despite the name of the show, uh, there might be extra questions. I might what? throw in, you know, <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, some of these, by the definition of the English language, are not questions. They're just words ah! I put a question mark at the end of, and we're going to just ignore that for the time The show's being. a lie! 100%. <laughs> well, glad we got that out of the way up front. Mm-hmm. That's why you always check the terms and conditions. Uh, like. This one here, this doesn't even count as a question. Rebecca, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Perfect. Perfect. Actual question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? Wow, we're just jumping into like intense stuff right here. We're I was here. like, I was totally expecting like a what's your name is like a joke first question. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, the perfect, I love breakfast so much. This is impossible. This is a terrible start to get off on. I can't decide. Um, okay. Well, it has to have egg. It, like egg is so important. Okay. Um, uh, there's this recipe in the World of Warcraft cookbook, uh, for eggs. Uh, it's called herb baked eggs. Uh, mm. it's, it's been really hard. I've been working really hard to perfect it because it requires a broiler and broilers are like notoriously super finicky, uh, like everybody's oven is different and so you can yeah. like like figuring out i had it perfect in my old house and now here this broiler is just a can i swear on this show is there swearing allowed sure i'll be nice for now uh this broiler <laughs> sucks it's really just a little crap poodle uh but i've been working on the broiler and like so it's these eggs that are you put like a little bit of butter in the bottom of like an oven safe dish 
Um, and then you, you put like a tiny bit of heavy cream in there and then you put it under the broiler until the butter starts to bubble. And then you crack two eggs in there. Uh, so they're, they're in the the very hot butter and they got the broiler on top. And then you sprinkle over the top of them, a mixture of fresh Parmesan, uh, rosemary, thyme, and parsley fresh, of course. Uh, and then you, you stick it back into the broiler and let it bake until it's just lightly golden and the eggs are cooked, but just a little bit runny. And then you take that. It's very hot. It's very, very hot. You'd be very careful. Um, and you serve that with two perfectly buttered slices of toast, and you dip the toast in the runny egg. Um, I don't know if that's the perfect breakfast. I re- I like every breakfast food. There's not a bad breakfast food. Uh, but that one's pretty high up there. That sounds pretty phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Feeds the orc in you, or whatever the tagline should be. Probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, question number two. Who's the coolest dude? Oh, well, my my partner, obviously. I'm gonna marry him in a week and a half from the time we're recording this. So he is he is actually the coolest. Imran Khan. Uh former game informer, former fan bite, uh currently doing PR and uh makes a lot of good jokes on Twitter. I think he's cool. Uh second would... coolest dude is Orange Cassidy, the wrestler. Uh yeah, I'm checking with the judges. Both correct. They're nodding yeah. on both. Yeah. yeah, and they're putting on sunglasses as they say that. So yes, <laughs> this is correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh I Side tangent, I met Orange Cassidy mm. whilst dressed as Orange Cassidy at a Comic-Con. Yes! Yes! Uh, one of my favorite moments. Did you uh, get a fist bump? Oh, yeah. We both gave the half-hearted thumbs up oh. with the shades, leather, uh, the not leather jacket, jean jacket, yeah. uh, his own t-shirt. Yeah, it was. Oh, my uh, God. he's He is, I think, maybe the coolest person to exist, possibly. Just the man. Ooze is cool. It's a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> Question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Mm, what kind of fish? Mm. I'm asking questions back. It depends on the fish. The classic purposefully vague. Okay. Uh, uh, if, if no one's telling me what kind of fish it is, steak. Yes. Uh, but okay. if you're telling me what kind of fish it is, uh, I don't know, like like a real a real good fresh caught something or other. Yeah, maybe. Okay, okay, that's fair. Question four, best gift you've ever gotten? Ooh. Oh, this one's hard. I'm swinging out of the gates here. Yeah, these are all, there's 99 of these? Are you kidding me? Rumor has it. Gosh, do you have any softballs in there? Oh my God. (laughs) Um... I genuinely don't know. I'm like very, I'm a very giftable person. Like I have very like clear likes and dislikes. I like cute things. I like food. I like tea. Like, like people, people are very yeah. good at giving me gifts. It's okay. This, I'm just going to give you an answer because we got, we can't be here for like five hours while I think about this. Uh, <laughs> a very, very good gift uh, that I received once was a going away present. Um, and so this is the stu. I can't believe I'm telling this story on a podcast. This is the dumbest story you'll ever hear. So way back in February of like 2020 or 2021 or something. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Wario 64 and the deals tweets that he posts oh, on a regular absolutely. basis. This is, this is such a stupid, this is such a waste of podcast time. This is bad, bad radio. Uh, <laughs> Everyone posted, turn off your podcast. <laughs> he, posted, he posted a deal for a stuffed uh, Barney the Dinosaur. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's, it was incorrectly labeled on amazon.com. Uh, and it was, it was labeled as like my Pokemon plush Charmander or something. 
Uh, and okay. so some, I'm in this stupid group chat with a bunch of stupid friends, as we all are, and someone posted that, like, ha ha, isn't this funny? And we all went, ha ha, that's funny. And then, like, two minutes later, somebody else who had not been in the original conversation pops in and goes, hey guys, have y'all seen this? And posted that. And we all went, <laughs> ha ha, yeah, we just saw it, ha ha. And then, like, ten minutes later, a third person did the exact same thing. And so from then on, it became a bit, and we're all just posting the same barmander, as we started to call it, uh, over and over again. And the chat is just full of everyone going, y'all seeing this? And dropping <laughs> the barmander into the chat. So anyway, this has become a running joke in this group of friends. And for a while, we started trying to send one another variations on this tweet. So like, uh, like a couple months later, I get a LinkedIn message from one of my best friends who's in this group chat that just has y'all seeing this and the stupid barmander in it. Uh, my variation on this prank is I took a piece of computer paper, drew the tweet, like I drew all the, like the lines and the, and the words and I drew the barmander and I uh -huh. nailed it to one of our friends. Y'all seen this? Uh, so anyway, my going away present was someone actually bought me the barmander, the Barney plush, uh, in question. Amazing. And now it lives in my guest bedroom. <laughs> but I, I don't know that that was the best gift I've ever received, but it was a notable gift. That is you've created a personal <laughs> meme that's just uh, I, I i feel i mean anybody who has a stupid group chat of stupid friends understands this kind of thing oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh question five we're only yep. on five <laughs> oh yeah we're, we're savoring it today <laughs> it's gonna be great question five best gift you've ever given no what are you doing to me oh i'm terrible at giving gifts oh what have i done what what gifts have i given um mm. um um oh my gosh this is terrible uh everyone's gonna know i'm a fraud who doesn't give good gifts um last last year for christmas i think we did a pretty good job uh my my mom had very casually suggested that the only video game she had ever liked was uh, Mrs. Pac-Man. Oh. Uh, she had mentioned this several years ago, to be clear. Like, like it was very distant conversation, not brought up ever again kind of thing. And so uh, me and my siblings went in on a uh, kitchen top arcade cabinet of oh. Mrs. Pac-Man that we got for her. I have no idea if she actually plays it. She probably doesn't. Uh, but I, I think the sheer audacity she was impressed by. So, again, that's probably not the best one. I have, like, the memory of a goldfish and them terrible at gifts. So, this is, I don't know. That's notable. We did a good job. I love it. Love Miss Pac-Man. Love the thing. What's not to love? Uh, question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? Oh, thank God. We're out of gift hell. Um, I, I, w I mean, I went through like the normal gamut of things that like every child wants to go, wants to be. I think I wrote teacher on several at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure I wrote fireman, woman, whatever it was you write, uh, several times, but I was, I was like mainly committed to teacher dumb. Uh, how old we talking? Like young? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Teacher dumb. When I, when I got older, I had a, a, a more uh, out there thing that I wanted to do, but uh, I was, teacher was most of it. Interesting. Okay. If you've got that in there, I'll answer it. Oh, I don't know. That's the only question about that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll end this by saying by the time I was going into college, I wanted to be a nun. Wow. Yeah. Came pretty close. And video games took you out of the life. <laughs> Somehow or another, we got here. <laughs> wild. Wild.
question seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? Not very big. I'm very not strong. Um, well, I definitely can't beat a goose. Mm. Um, I can geet my cats across the room. I don't, but I could. I picked them up before. Okay. Uh, so, so I, I don't know. Maybe like what? What's slightly larger than a cat? Like a like an ant eater? Those things have claws. They could kill me. Probably like just a, a cat. Like a mini capybara or something. Maybe like a mid-sized dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're not. I'm. I'm I can't beat up an animal. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, question eight: Who's someone you look up to? Hmm. She's not listening to this. Um, I really look up uh to my editor, Cat Bailey, um, a mm. lot. I actually have for a very long time, like even before she was my editor, I've like admired her from a distance uh, as like this incredible writer and incredible editor and just like incredible all around person. And I, for a very long time, was gunning to work for her. And now I do! Wild. Look at this. You put it out in the universe and it comes together for sure you. Sure does. Don't listen to this cat. <laughs> She's a big fan. She's a big fan. Uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money. Oh, this might be. Is this embarrassing? Is it? Oh, no! I uh, I think it was... No, this is funny. Uh, I believe it was now. That's what I call Music Volume 5. Ooh. All right. As long <laughs> as you got in on the ground bad. floor, single digits, you know? It's not like... Now, that's what I, I think, call Music 74 or whatever they're up to now. I think it was like like I was just old enough to be getting like pocket money or something. like a, Like a meaningful amount of pocket money and not just like a quarter from my grandmother every week. And I think I went to the store and I bought it because I saw that it had uh, NSYNC and Britney Spears on it, which were two names I knew. I mean, that's a, that, what a combo. Yeah. I'd go to that show today. Yeah. <laughs> I would too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question 10. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, finally an easy one. Uh, it is uh, Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. Very good. Very good. Lattice Morissette, I dare say underrated, because, man, when you really break it down, she has so many good songs. So I went through, like, a renaissance of falling back in love with her. Like, I always kind of liked her. But first of all, my favorite author, uh, one, of my, one of my top favorite authors, Nicole Cliff, did an amazing profile on her uh, in Ooh. some magazine. I don't remember which one it was, but it was such an amazing piece of writing and i was just like oh my god i love this woman and i love this writer and oh i'm obsessed <laughs> with this and then uh my friend and former co-worker lucy o'brien introduced me to the musical um uh shoot the the Alanis morissette musical i've just completely lost see this is what happens i'm on a podcast i forget literally every piece of information that i know um the musical the, the songs that the Alanis morissette musical uh and it's really good and it like reimagines um uh you ought to know as like a lesbian a lesbian breakup anthem and it's so powerful Ooh. oh my gosh it's so good so anyway that got me uh uh jagged little pill that's what the music is called pill, like the, of course yeah of course uh right so so yes so Alanis morissette i've had an Alanis morissette renaissance and i'm very into her now as most people should yeah yes agreed <laughs> question 11 last song that you listen to let's check Oh. my spotify here real quick i was listening to music on the train home and we got obstacles by hannah tell hmm. 
Is that familiar to you at all? Because I don't know why I know this song. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from some indie playlist on Spotify. Yeah, some of those recommended. They'll they'll go some some dark alleys of the Spotify internet. Yeah. Sorry, Hannah Tell, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Your song's very good. I enjoyed it. She's a big fan. Uh, question twelve. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? Uh, Covet. Hmm. I got really into math rock recently. Uh, oh, okay. Like, my friend got me really into math rock through Covet and Yvette Young. Uh, and I love them, but now I'm, like, experiencing the agony of being someone who's... I'm not, I'm not someone... I get... I don't really get into bands the way I think most people do. I just kind of listen to, like, instrumental video game music and stuff most of the time. So it's this unique thing to me to have a band where I know most of their songs. This is like a very no- new thing for me. And so now I'm like experiencing the agony of, oh, it takes time for someone to write and record and produce music. And I have to wait like a very long time for a new album. Yeah. And that's just not fair. What about me? <laughs> so that's the experience I'm having. What about my ears? They want more music. <laughs> Question 13. A song that brings the most emotion out of you. Um, I'm sorry. This is so embarrassing. Uh, Burn from Hamilton. Uh, specifically because that was I. I do musical theater. I sing pretty okay. I did used to do musical theater. I don't anymore, but I sing pretty okay. Uh, and uh, that was my uh, I I'm divorced, and when my my ex husband and I broke up, that was my uh my breakup song, and so I was singing it very passionately passionately in the car a lot of days. Mm. I don't listen to it anymore because like it makes me makes me feel things. So I stay oh, away from that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 14. What's your favorite music video? Is that a thing? Do people watch music videos? I don't know. Maybe one of those OK Go ones, the one where they make like the big machine. I don't, I don't think I've watched a music. I think the last like music video I've dedicatedly watched was like when I was watching anime music videos in my like emo high school years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Dragon Ball X Linkin Park dot uh, AVI. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Evanescence. I don't think, I do not think I could describe to you what happens in a single music video. Genuinely. <laughs> I'm, okay. pu- I'm punting on that. There's no answer to that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, 15. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it <gasps> all to charity. What charity is oh. it going to? Um, uh, probably, tr- probably Trans Lifeline. Uh, I did a, a charity stream with uh, Axel Blood God last weekend, and oh, like, awesome! Was re- or last weekend, two weekends ago, whenever it was. Um, but yeah, important work, helping, especially especially helping trans kids. Um, seems important. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Either that or shout out to local charities. Uh, freaking uh, Casey Tenants Union. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> And I will. Uh, question 16. Favorite holiday? Mm, controversial, but uh, I like Thanksgiving because I like cooking for people. I want everyone to come to my house for Thanksgiving. And gotcha. I want to get out all the fancy plates for them. All the ones with the little curly cues on the outside. Yeah, and, and like the big dish that you have literally no reason to use any day. You know what? I bought a turkey baster. So, like, every year I make a turkey, and every year I don't have, like, those little squirt guys. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have, I didn't have one. Like year after year, I was just doing it with a spoon, like some sort of like yokel or something. Uh, and I, could, I was like, why is it so hard? And then like a week after Thanksgiving, there was a turkey baster on sale, obviously, because Thanksgiving's over in like the clearance aisle. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And so it's sat, it's still in its packaging in my drawer all year because it's not Thanksgiving yet, but I'm going to bust that puppy out. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm gonna make it, make it Thanksgiving. <laughs> Until you see the Wario sixty four ad for a better turkey baster between <laughs> now and November. Yep, and everybody's gonna send it to me every time Wario sixty four posts a a video game cookbook. Like ten people Twitter DM me with links to this tweet. Hey, they know the brand. They do. There, it's madness. <laughs> Question seventeen: What's your go to drink? When you walk into a coffee shop. Either black coffee, like just straight up black coffee, or if I'm feeling very indulgent that day, I will get a London fog. A London fog. What is that? Tea. It's tea. It is a tea latte uh, with Earl Grey specifically. Um, And usually most places usually is the preferred way is with a little bit of vanilla. Um, there's a place that I loved back in Kansas City. I believe it's closed down now. They're, they might have another location, uh, but they would make it, if I asked, with lavender syrup, which is just, oh. and they'd put a little sprinkle of nutmeg on the top, which was also perfect. I miss them very oh. much. That was Mud Pie Vegan Coffee House in Kansas City. Wow. That sounds phenomenal. Oh. Uh, 18. Maybe our most controversial question. Oh, boy. Spell the word gray. That's not a question. This was explained in the ground rules. I know. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is a controversial question because if I am I am I at work for this question? Oh, I'm gonna say sure. Uh, the American spelling G R A Y is what I'm <laughs> supposed to use at work because that's correct. However. Uh, I grew up doing uh, online forum role plays uh, with a bunch of British people, and so I adapt. I adopted G R E Y uh, as my- as a personal spelling, and that's how I spell it when I'm not being edited. <laughs> Interesting. So your heart of hearts tells you E Y. It's E Y. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Hotly contested debate: E Y versus A Y. I know. Uh, nineteen. What's your prized possession? Um, a three and a half foot long bee. Hmm. <laughs> Would you like me to elaborate on that? Part of me doesn't, just to let that linger, but yes, I do need to hear this. It's just a big stuffed bee. It's real, it's three and a half feet long. Uh, it, it's from uh, an artist uh, who one day drew a a. It was supposed to be, I think, like a caterpillar or something, but it was yellow and black striped and everybody was like, long B, long B. And then that <laughs> artist's uh, brand became long B and they eventually marketed a three and a half foot long B plush. Uh, it's probably also not the right answer. Like, I'm, I'm sure I have something I treasure more than that stupid B, but that's it's what came to bee. mind and that's what we're doing. I love the long B so much. You gotta love the long B. I really love the long B. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it would be a large letter B, like from Sesame Street. Like they just pull out like oh. this, just like a cardboard cut out of just the letter. I wish I had that too. <laughs> that would be great. Next year. Uh, question 20. 
Are you competitive? Mm, only in things I think are important. Like, like if we go bowling, I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, if we're playing Settlers of Catan, I don't care. Uh, in my career a little bit, yeah. Okay. Not like aggressively, not like in a mean way, but like, do, do I look around and go, yeah, I kind of want to be the best at this. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good kind of competitive, you know? I hope so. I hope so. Now again, Catan. I got two ports, like a rock and a wood. Yeah, so <laughs> but uh question twenty-one. Do you consider golf a sport? Golf? Yeah. Mm. There was well, a hesitance I, there, but they pl- well <laughs> I've spent I've spent an, an actually a lot of time around golf for someone who doesn't play golf. Uh I think it's a I, I think it's a bit of a, a joke sport. But it is it is a sport. Look, they've got cornhole on ESPN. If they've got cornhole on ESPN, I think golf should probably be there. All right, that's fair. Twenty uh, two. Have you ever played any sports? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I grew up playing uh, well, t-ball and then softball. Uh, I think I moved into like like proper. I don't know what did they let girls play baseball? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> if they let us. I mean, if League of Their Own taught me anything, I yeah, think right. <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe I did. Maybe I. I think they called it kid pitch. <laughs> it might have still been softball. Uh, I don't remember. I play. I played some variation of baseball growing up. Uh, I ran. I did run track and field. Um, oh. I did martial arts for years. I played taekwondo. I was very athletic when I was growing up. At some point, it stopped. It was when I went to theater. Is when it all stopped. Um, when I was doing theater in high school and community theater as an adult, like the, all the all the athleticism stopped. Um, I, so I haven't done an actual sport in years. Gotcha. Uh, Twenty three favorite sport to watch. Wrestling, obviously. That is the right answer. I only like to watch fake sports. I watch wrestling. Uh, I, GDQ. I watch every year, which is basically like a super a whole week of Super Bowl. Um, and I got really into baseball, which is also a fake sport. So I oh. three fake sports. Each one better than the last. Yeah. <laughs> 24. Theme parks? Yeah. I can go to the theme park. Where are we going? Yeah. Uh, I don't do anything that, uh, makes me upside down, though. I'm insufferable. Oh. I am so bad. You don't, you don't want to take me around. I want to go to a theme park, but you don't want to take me around a theme park because here's <laughs> what happens. You're going to say, ooh, we should ride the roller coaster. And I'm going to go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I'm going to like, no, I know in my heart of hearts <laughs> that I love roller coasters. I actually do. I know that I do. I've been on many roller coasters. I enjoy them every time. But I yeah. have to get through the first roller coaster of the day because I'm like terrified of going on roller coasters until I've gone through the first one of the day. And then after I've been on it, I remember, oh, right, I love roller coasters. And then I go on them. But but I'm really insufferable. Like, I almost will not get on it. You kind of have to make me a little bit. But I know I love them. But that the line up to the first one, oh, that's it's, the it's rough so bad. Patch. You really want there to be no line. Because if I'm in line, I'm, I might chicken out. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, question 25. Dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, are coming down to that ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight? How fast are they? Average nine-year-old like, speed. Like, a, like, do we have... Uh, 
sorry, do we have like, are they all coming at once or do we get like one at a time is what it, because if I have time to like pick them up and chuck them out of the ring, I probably can beat quite a few of them before I get overwhelmed. But if all of them come at me at once, I don't stand a chance. I'm screwed. I can't fight animals. I can't fight kids. It's not a Royal Rumble. So they're coming in, in one solid wave of X and, and you're confident you could take on X, but X plus one, you're probably going to lose. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like climbing up on the ropes and just sitting up there. Like, I'm, they can't reach me up there. They're too short. Actually, that might be a good strategy. Just keep flailing your legs. Well, but I'm not beating them is the problem. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't win that way. Yeah, Eventually they climb on top of each other's shoulders and push me off. It, I, I, no, I don't fight. I don't fight things. Maybe if they turn 10, is that a disqualification? If you're in there for a year? Hmm. I'll check with the judges on that. <laughs> uh, 26 what's a game you know you can win i win wordle every day oh <laughs> does that count for anything absolutely it does yeah yeah i can win at wordle <laughs> wow okay i'm not good at anything bob i'm bad at gift giving i'm bad at fighting <laughs> i'm bad at games I don't know. I listen. My wordle streak ran up after a certain time. You you've got one going here. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, twenty seven. What topic can you discuss the most? Mm, I I mean, video games, obviously, because I do that like for a living. I've gotten, I guess, pretty good at that. If you want to narrow it down, I probably could spend a lot of time on Pokemon, like just an absurd mm. amount of time. Everything from like Gen one all the way up. Um. If you try to get me into like competitive Pokemon discussion or like nu nuances of mechanics, I'm out. But yeah. if we're just talking about like story and world and monster design and everything, I'm I'm here with you for hours. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. And yeah. anytime I watch a competitive Pokemon, they're always like, "Well, if you sword dance for three turns and then oh protect and then baton pass," and I'm just like, "So boring. those are the moves that I get rid of immediately." Yes, <laughs> yes. surf, like surf, surf. Yeah, that's all. That's all it is. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna flamethrower you to death every single time. I will never use protect or baton pass. No. once in no 25 years, like never. We're doing uh, so I'm getting married in a week and a half from the time we record this. I have no idea when this is going up. Uh, and neither of us can dance. Another thing I'm bad at dancing. Can't do that. Uh, hmm. so neither of us can. So, but what we we're doing instead of a first dance, we're doing a first Pokemon battle. And so we kind of like laid some oh. ground rules. We're like, okay, like max level 50. So we're going to have teams level 50, six Pokemon. Uh, we're doing it in Sword and Shield because he didn't play Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> so trying to like okay. get him access to as many Pokemon as possible. He actually has a finished save file on Sword and Shield. Uh, so we kind of talked it out. We're like, all right, we're going to like make teams that are like sort of meaningful to us that are like, you know, full of Pokemon that have like some sort of like significant meaning instead of like trying to like go hard on a super competitive team. Yeah. Uh, so fine did that pick my pokemon the problem is like i i don't know maybe this is like against the question earlier about whether or not i'm competitive i kind of want to win a little bit like i mean i don't really care but a little tiny part of me does so i'm like all right i'm not gonna like uh i'm not gonna go through the whole thing where you like breed pokemon infinitely until you get like perfect ivs or perfect nature or whatever i'm not yeah. messing with that i don't have time i have better things to do but i will ev train these guys and, like, get them set up with ideal move sets. So I'm, like, on, I don't even know, is it Smogon.com? I've never had to say that word out loud in my life. 
Uh, Sounds right. I'm like looking at like ideal move sets for these Pokemon. I think he's downstairs. I think he can hear me. Okay, I'm gonna like speak softly so he doesn't hear me because he doesn't know what my team is. <laughs> so like like some of these Pokemon, like I've got an Umbreon on my team, which is like supposed to represent our cat Robo. Uh, mm-hmm. And Umbreon, like, actually is pretty good and competitive, yeah. apparently. But, like, you know, only in certain setups. Like, you need it to have this Pokemon with it and this other one, like, to do this kind of thing and this kind of strategy. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. Uh, but then, I like, just want to I... use Psychic and Dark Pulse. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But then we have two cats. We have, um, we have Robo, who's the Umbreon. And then we have another cat, Luca. And I thought, okay, Luca's like a Glaceon. Glaceon. So we're going to put a Glaceon Ooh. on this team. And so I go, I open up Smogon to look up what the ideal moveset for uh, Glaceon is. And all it says is don't use Glaceon. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. Like, what do I do? I have no idea. Where, where, what was this question? I don't know what we're talking about now. But anyway, that's my competitive Pokemon knowledge in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, it was what topic can you discuss the most? So I feel Well, like here we are. We got there. <laughs> it's pretty apropos. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh. 28 favorite place you visited i had an amazing time uh in 20 would have been like december 2018 um i was at like a very low time in my life and i kind of out of nowhere like like very sudden and surprisingly got invited to go out to uh helsinki finland uh for three days and two nights uh to embed in supercell uh, the game studio that makes uh, Clash of uh, Clans. Clash. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, they were releasing uh, their new game. <sighs> Clash Royale, maybe at the time. No, no, it would have been newer or newer than that. Boom Beach. Is Brawl Stars something? Oh, Brawl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were releasing Brawl Stars, and I was doing like a series of interviews with them for Games Industry Biz, where I was working at the time. Um, and I went on this trip. So it was in Helsinki. It was it was a whirlwind trip. Like it was international travel. So I was jet lagged all to hell. Uh, flew out there, uh, three days, two nights, uh, was spending, you know, working hours, like nine to five in the studio embedded with them, like, you know, doing interviews, working alongside them. Uh, but the very first night I was there, I got done with my day and I, I went back to the hotel and I signed into Slack and I started working on my article and my boss who was uh, still working cause they were there in the UK. So they were a couple hours behind me time zone wise. Uh, mm-hmm. that's my cat. That's, that's the Umbreon. Uh, my classic umbrella. Right, that's what the sound it makes. Um, my boss was like, "What are you doing? You're in Helsinki. Like, write this later. You're not competing with anybody. Just go enjoy the city." And so I like took him seriously, and I did. And so both those nights, I went into Helsinki in December, which is like not actually that much colder than a Midwest winter. Uh, they had gorgeous Christmas markets. I was walking around with this mm. mug full of like spiced wine or whatever. Uh, and like buying everybody Christmas presents from like this, this market of like people who had made like all these handcrafted stuff. Uh, I bought this like perfectly flaky fruit filled pastry from this Austrian couple. Um, I had like a matcha latte in it, which is not a Helsinki thing. It was just what I wanted (laughs) to drink, uh, in this like cozy little upstairs cafe with like windows overlooking the Christmas markets. Uh, I went to something called the silent chapel, which is like a non-denominational religious it's like a church but it's like not for any particular religion like it's basically just this quiet like solemn space in the middle of helsinki that's like crafted so you literally cannot hear any outside noise whatsoever and it's just like beautiful and you could just sit and meditate it was incredible um i went to this phenomenal gin bar called why join the navy when you can be a pirate that's the whole name 
uh, that Love not it. only has the best gin I've had in my life, uh, but also makes their own ramen noodles and sh- and sells ramen, uh, which I unfortunately did not order because I already had dinner when I got there. But they closed <laughs> down a couple years ago, and I'm never going to get to try that ramen. I'm so upset Ugh. about it. Um, and I did sauna, which, like, you're supposed to do in, in Finland, and it was incredible. Oh, and I tried moose meat, or not moose meat, reindeer meat, which I had never had before, and it was delicious. So it was just this short whirlwind trip uh, where I was there on someone else's dime, and, like, I did my work, I did a good job, but then I just got to enjoy this city that, like, look, Helsinki's beautiful. I don't know that I ever would have thought to go there on my own. Yeah, that sounds unbelievable. It really was. I'm so glad I had that experience. And now I'm like, I want to go back. I want to go for like a longer period of time and like really soak in that city. Yeah, I want to go. It's great. (laughs) Go around Christmas. Seriously, don't like people are like, oh, my God, it's so cold there. I don't know. I actually have no idea where you're based. How Uh, New Jersey. Okay, it gets cold there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be fine in Helsinki. (laughs) Go to Finland. You're fine. (laughs) <laughs> Throw in a hoodie. I'll be good. Yeah. We're 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 tough here. Uh 29. What's your catchphrase? I apparently say howdy a lot. Is that a catchphrase? Looking at the judges. Yeah, they're gonna give it to you. Okay. Alright, that's probably it. <laughs> that's probably it. Not bad. Oh, I do the little uh I, I got the you know the little emoji? It's like it's like the the letter zero, like a lo- or the letter zero. God, wow. All right, I'm just this Monday. Throw my brain out. <laughs> Wait, the 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 letter O, the lowercase letter O, and then uh-huh. the number seven, and it's like doing a little salute. Oh, little salute you know? guy. Yeah. Yeah, I got everybody uh, in the IGN news Slack to start doing that. I don't think that's a catchphrase <laughs> either. But... Okay, so it's either howdy or the. A little salute, a little guy Zero. <laughs> doing like a little baby salute. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. Uh, question 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? I don't think I've done. I cosplayed as Rukia for Wichita, Kansas, like anime fest 2000 and whatever. I was in high school, but I don't know that I would qualify that as the best because it certainly wasn't good. I mean, <laughs> um, have I done anything else? I've surely dressed up for Halloween before. No, I don't think I don't think I've done cosplay really. Oh, maybe Rukia wins by as, default. I guess so. That's terrible. That costume shouldn't have won any contests. <laughs> and yet, here it is. Yeah, trophies in the mail. Uh, thirty-one. Have you ever had anything named after you? No, 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 no. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. 32. Hobby you've dedicated the most time to. Video games is my job now, so that doesn't count. True, true. Probably, I mean, probably like learning how to cook, really. Uh, Mm. Because I didn't grow up cooking. Like, that wasn't a life skill that I was taught. But I, I developed it as a hobby in starting... Really starting probably around like 2012 or so was when I started teaching myself how to cook. And now now it's sort of gone. You know, actually, yeah, this is a good answer because like it's sort of gone beyond just, oh, I need to eat to survive. Right. Like I, I cook through video game cookbooks yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm almost I, I've been saying on podcasts for for months now that I'm almost done with my fourth one. But I actually am almost done with my fourth one. That's wild. So, yeah. Cook, cooking and specifically video game cooking, I think, would be it. Hmm, I like it. I like it. 
uh, 32. Hobby. Nope, I just said that. 33. <laughs> Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? So this is like, this is a tough one because like, I'm, I'm on the ace spectrum. I'm demisexual, so I don't like get celebrity crushes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I understand the spirit of the question, I guess. Uh, that one, yeah, that one's really tough, I guess, for that reason. Um, probably Ruby Soho. Um, oh. Be- and I know, I think she's probably the best answer because I've actually seen her in real life. Like, not just at a wrestling match, but they, when they came through San Francisco, I was walking past, uh, like a couple, a couple nights before they, uh, had, I recorded or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what, I was walking past an escape room. And, like, I saw her in there, and, like, I got, like, this jolt of, like, butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, oh, my God, that's her! Uh, <laughs> so that's probably the close I've ever, closest I've ever gotten, yeah. Wow, yeah. I would say that absolutely qualifies. I don't know. Does my fiancé count as a celebrity? He has a lot of Twitter followers. I, you know what? I'm counting it. <laughs> Abs- I'm not even looking at the judges. I'm counting that one. <laughs> uh, 34. What's the strangest job you ever had? Hmm. This is one of those questions that I kind of had a feeling would come up at some point. And I, I, I feel like I'm such a boring guest. I, had, I really had any weird jobs. Uh, mm, okay, let's see. I worked at Cold Stone. That wasn't too weird. And I worked mm-hmm. at Office Depot. And that wasn't that weird. And Starbucks definitely wasn't weird. Um, I, I worked as a, a technical writer. Uh, for an an a, a company that was doing training for pilots, I guess that's weird. It it's not really that weird though. Um, I haven't had I've had very normal. The my current job is weird. I write about video games. The other day, I wrote a whole article about why uh this obscure DSiWare game called Metal Torrent was at the top of the user ratings for Nintendo published software on Metacritic. <laughs> and the answer to, as to why it was up there yes. was because a couple people got really mad about the manipulability of user scores and about the game AI the Somnium Files. That's why. It's completely, it seems completely unrelated to the quality or lack of quality of Metal Torrent. It's really stupid, but that's what I do. That's my job. So my current job is my weirdest, is the weirdest job I've ever had. Also, I got to check out Metal Torrent. Uh... No, you don't. It's deeply <laughs> average. It's deeply average. No one needs to check it out. It's fine. It came out in 2010. Uh, and it's probably not downloadable at this point. There's it almost really, no way. Probably not. And probably the store is, is I, I don't know that there's any way to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 35. A book you'd recommend the world to read. The whole world? The whole world. You get to wow. get your time in the spotlight and you hold up one book and say, everybody, this one. Oh, these are all very hard questions. Um, I really, my friend and I used to have a tradition every summer where we would read dandelion wine uh, every mm-hmm. single summer. And that's a really, really good summer book. It's very classic. It's very light. Um, I liked that one a lot. Would I recommend that? No, you know what I would recommend? Oh. Uh... I would recommend, uh, let's see, I gotta pick one of them. Uh, one of the Calvin and Hobbes comics. That's what I would recommend. Everyone should Ooh. read it. Uh, which one do I pick? Uh, you know what? Just by default, the one I grew up with. Everyone should have to read Homicidal Psycho Jungle Cat. That's it. 
I think everyone probably already has read that, so that's an easy one to check off. But hey, still, yeah. don't read anything serious. I, I thought of all these serious books. Like I don't know, everyone should read Ulysses or Moby Dick or House of Leaves or something. No, no, everyone should just read Homicidal Psycho Darkle Cat. Can I agree? Thirty-six, a movie that always makes you laugh. Always makes me laugh. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Whoa, interesting choice. There's a scene where they're uh like sailing through through this this river and there's like food animals all over the place and they're all really cute and it makes me like cry <laughs> laugh a little bit every time. Yeah, I love it. It's the one. It's the one that everyone knows where he goes. There's a leak in the boat and then it cuts to a leak like the vegetable and the leak has a face and it goes ah that's a good it's a great scene that's a great joke that's a good joke uh 37 what's the worst movie you've ever seen um so uh disclaimer on this i also don't watch a lot of movies i'm a very (laughs) bad guest uh, so I haven't watched a lot of bad movies, uh, but one time I remember going uh, to the theater with my p- parents to see this movie called Year One, which I think had Michael Sarah and Jack Black in it. Oh, uh, yeah. They were like yeah. cavemen type thing. Yeah, something. I think. I, I, yeah. It wasn't good. And I remember I was like in, in, in like high school or, or maybe like getting into college. And I think I faked a migraine because I wanted to go home because it sucked <laughs> so much. Yeah, a movie yeah. that you've paid for, yeah. or someone close to you has paid for, and you still yeah. are up for walking out. Those yeah, are I always... don't think I've ever done that with any other movie. I mean, like usually because so that's the thing. I do watch movies, but like if I'm watching them, I usually am pretty well convinced that I'm going to like them ahead of time. I don't, I don't watch a lot of things I think I'm not going to like. But that one, no, we, I, I couldn't handle that one. Yeah, yeah, didn't look great. No. Uh, 38 who's your favorite actor or actress um really really into florence Pugh right now oh she's killing it she yeah. really is yeah i hear she's good in uh oppenheimer too i haven't seen that yet haven't, seems... yeah, i haven't seen that yet very serious yeah it seems too depressing for a summer movie if i'm being honest i'm gonna get yeah. into that when i'm like in the doldrums of winter but <laughs> i like i like know how that story goes i don't yeah, I doubt there's going to be a twist toward the end no. <laughs> where they just go, maybe we won't do it. <laughs> I think I'll go see Barbie again instead. I think that's a better call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they should have put Florence Pugh in Barbie. Ooh, the Pugh cut. Yeah. <laughs> 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors were running through the kitchen? I have seen Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's true. Okay, okay. Is that the bit where they're like hiding behind the tables? It's like this industrial kitchen, and they're kind of mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I've seen that. And scene. the yeah, reflective was... surfaces, and she tries uh, to pull yeah. the thing down. Oh, and that was like a young uh, Laura, Laura, Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not the one in the kitchen, but she's also in the film. Right. Okay. No, she was. The kids were in the kitchen. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm glad we're relitigating Jurassic Park here. Uh, I've seen Jurassic Park twice in my life. Once when I was three at a drive-in, which, no memory of that whatsoever, (laughs) really. I was told it happened. Uh, And then again, like, like six years ago. Uh, My memory of that scene is that it was moderately cool. This is just my 
bi-weekly reminder of how great Jurassic Park is. I'm a horrible podcast guest. Why did you invite me here? I don't know anything <laughs> about anything. Oh my gosh. But the giant bee. <laughs> the giant, the giant bee, bee. But I have a giant bee, and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, question 40. First show as a kid you got really into. Oh, I'm glad we're only on question 40 because that, there's still time to redeem myself and actually know something. Plenty. Uh, first show first show as a kid I got really into. I mean, like way, way back, way back. I was real. I mean, I was into the things all kids are in. I was really into Shining Time Station and really into Sesame Street. Yes. Um, like, like very into that. I'm still into Sesame Street to this day, if I'm being honest. Sesame Street's great. Good show. It's a good it's show. Really good. I hate Elmo, though. I didn't like that he became like the mascot. Exactly. I never, I never felt like he deserved it in a weird way. There's, okay, now, now we're here. There's a whole article on, I believe it's actually on Kotaku, about like why Elmo is problematic. And it's completely true. Like this article Ooh. finally made me realize why I didn't like Elmo. Uh, the TLDR is that like Big Bird was originally sort of the face of Sesame Street. Like Absolutely. he's the kid standing. And Big Bird is coded as a six-year-old. And six-year-old is like the top of Sesame Street's demographic. So the show is always talking to Big Bird and teaching Big Bird lessons. And Big yeah. Bird is a six-year-old. So it's like kind of like helping helping kids grow up, basically. Like this is what you're aspiring to. Like some like yeah. a child who is like, a, like, like growing up and emotionally sensitive and like gaining some independence and some creativity and like listening to what they're told, but also like, you know, like developing like emotional depth and complexity and and sharing and stuff like that and so like big bird was good about that and that's why you could have episodes like like mr hooper's death i think yeah that's who it was right who died oh yeah 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 uh you could have anything involving snuffleupagus uh, yeah you could have big bird and and have that like emotional complexity because he's six year old Mm -hmm. he's in an age where he's supposed to be learning those kinds of things elmo's coded as a three-year-old who's like near the bottom age bracket of Sesame Street's intended audience. So everything is talking down to Elmo and giving into Elmo's three-year-old childish whims. So when Elmo wants something, Elmo gets it. And that's why the show's gone downhill. Thank you. That's This has been my TED Talk. <laughs> Just a lo- raucous ovation. <laughs> <laughs> applause sound effects. Bring back Grover! <laughs> I gotta agree. I gotta agree. Uh, now I have to read this article. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this recording with like five things I need to read. Oh yeah, because I I'm fascinated by all of this. My partner's probably like downstairs. He can hear me yelling because I'm like very loud, and he's he's just like rolling his eyes like, oh my god, she's doing this again. <laughs> she talks about this like once a week. <laughs> uh, forty one. Who should play you in a movie of your life? C.R.C. Riordan. Ooh. You know what? She'd crush it. She'd Solely because I like her and she's prettier than me. <laughs> Listen, I saw Little Women. She crushed it. You can, she can do no wrong. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. Uh, I, it's because it's I love Lady Bird and I identify deeply with that movie. Like, I was that person in a lot of ways. So, yeah, sure. She could do it. I'll get my agent. Call her agent. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, get yeah. this hooked up. Yeah. Uh, 42, who's the biggest celebrity you ever met in person? Oh, uh, okay, here's a weird story. So I met Ben Savage from Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, like, a very weird circumstance. Um, one of my very first, uh, like, events that I covered for games, this is when I was still, like, like, 
contract writing for like a little site that had like no budget whatsoever was yeah. a, like a mobile esports tournament in Las Vegas. And there were there were like four of us there, like four journalists, because they like they like paid to fly us out or whatever. It was like a Power Rangers mobile game or something. It was sure. Look, no offense to any of those people or any of those organizers, but it was literally like nothing. It was I was do- we were doing our best, but like there just wasn't a whole lot there. Anyway, we were in this like actually very large esports arena uh, that was completely empty because no one shows up to watch mobile esports. And we're like all the journalists are just sort of sitting in this row watching this tournament, and then freaking Ben Savage like walks out and walks up to us and was like, I think he just asked us where the bathroom was, and we told him, and then he went, and then we never saw him again. And we had like afterwards we put our heads together, we're like, wait, that was the guy from Boy Meets World, wasn't it? And we all agreed that it was, like it definitely was him. And we were we were kind of asking around later, like some of like the organizers, like was Ben Savage here? And they're like, yeah, probably. I mean, we didn't see him, but he comes by a lot. Like he's really into this stuff. So, Oh, so he wasn't as far as like, as far as I can tell, he wasn't flown in. He wasn't like a presenter or something like he just, he's in it for the love of the game. Yeah, that was it. So Ben Savage once asked me where the bathroom was. And I told him (laughs) that was, that's all I got. I I got, I came so close. So I came very close uh, to talking to Rahul Kohli. Not that long ago at Dice, actually. Again in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is clearly the place where you need to be for this stuff. All the uh, but I was at I was at Dice Summit covering that for IGN and I was like like in a group talking to a bunch of developers and then I sort of looked past the person I was talking to and Rahul Kohli was just going down the escalator. Oh. And I know it was him because I went, is that Rahul Kohli? And I was talking to Rami Ismail and Rami's knows uh Rahul and so he was like, Oh yeah, I was just talking to him. And I'm like, Are you kidding? You could have introduced me. What the heck? <laughs> so I came very close. Uh, I don't. I've never seen Boy Meets World. I have no idea. The only reason why I knew Ben Savage is because I'd seen him on like commercials for that show. Yeah, I mean, listen, Boy Meets World is it, it's in the zeitgeist, you know. Yeah. But so is Rahul, and you know. <laughs> okay, I feel like I've redeemed myself now by knowing some things. So we're good. We're back on even territory. We're back on track. Yeah. Uh, 43 TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. Um, I have been really, I was really into this period drama on Amazon called Poldark for a while, which is based hmm. on a series of books. So I know there's like clearly like Poldark nerds out there, but like no one in my normal circles of people has any idea what this is. Uh, but it's about, it, it's, it's about this dude who like, goes over he's he's in, he's in England he goes over to America to fight in the revolutionary war and then like comes back and finds out that his fiance has married his cousin and like his farm has gone to ruin and oh. everything is just bad for him and then ends up hiring this this woman named Demelza as a kitchen wench and then falling in love with her and marrying her. And everybody's like, scandal! And then things just continue to deteriorate for him from there. But he's also <laughs> not a great person, but also nobody's great. And it's just very, it's, it's a period drama. Everyone wears nice dresses. Uh, <laughs> and Aiden Turner plays Ross Poldark, and he's very nice to look at. Oh, all right. You're selling me on this show. Okay. Yeah. P-O-L Dark? P-O-L Poldark. P-O-L-D-A-R-K. One word. Okay. It's his last name. His, he's Ross Poldark. Oh. 
that would make a lot of sense. I was yeah. thinking like, is it a portmanteau of like, <laughs> is it like a weird fusion of different words? But I'm like, yeah, no. no, nothing good happens to any of these people. By the way, like they're all they're all doomed to like horrible fates. So just warning you on that. Like everybody's just gonna have a real bad time. <laughs> That's the tagline. Everyone's yeah. gonna have a real bad. Everyone's gonna. It's like it's like England. Everyone gets like sick with diseases mm. and there's like corruption. When life expectancy was like. 24 yeah oh yeah childbirth just messes everybody up yeah oh of course yeah yeah uh 44 favorite comedian um oh this is actually so i don't i don't know i watch like i i uh kind of like uh john mulaney right now i mean i think everybody does there's this guy actually um i hope he's not i hope this guy isn't problematic i'm opening up my tiktok right now because i like just just he just started getting surfaced on my feed and I really like him. Um, what's his name? Luke Kidgel. Is that a guy? Is he? Is he? I hope he's not problematic. A lot of a lot of comedians are problematic. He's really yeah. funny. He talks to the audience a lot. I really like him right now. Okay, I, um, I can't say I've ever heard of him, Luke. But I, I mean, like John Mulaney, right? Like people like him. But he's, I watch. I actually I miss John Oliver. I miss. John, I wish wish John mm-hmm. Oliver was doing his videos still. Well, he's. He stopped because of the strike, so we support the strike in those households. So yes, know. absolutely. He's got to do what he has to do. Uh, forty-five best Saturday Night Live cast member. You know, I've never seen Saturday Night Live. Ever. Ever. I've seen like individual sketches uh from it. Um, I think if you like gave me a list of people who had been on Saturday Night Live, I could tell you which one of them I liked. Listen to my mechanical keyboard. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Oh, I should probably Google people who have been on it. <laughs> uh, who, who's been on Saturday Night Live? Who do most people like? Oh, get Chris Farley a lot. You get people. Kristen Wiig a lot. Tina uh, Fey. Robert Downey Jr. was on it. A he long was time for one year. Of one season, and he was at his, uh, I'm going to say lowest yeah. Uh, so he was not very great, so and the show was also not great at, at that newer, time. Newer yeah. situations. Who are who are the new people? Who's on there currently? Um. Oh, Kenan Thompson was Kenan on there. Thompson. Yeah, yeah he's still he's the that. longest tenured person on that show ever. Oh, lovely, I lovely. Um. No, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna see a name any second now. That's just gonna like really leap out at me. Oh, there's a whole subsection called impersonation of Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, what a what a rotten article that is. That's but, yeah. very funny. Uh, there's not as many people on this list as I thought there would have been. I think I thought there would have been more. I guess a lot of people show up for like guest appearances, but yeah. don't actually. Oh, you know what? You know who I like? I really like Maya Rudolph, actually. Yes. I really liked her in The Good Place. And then she, I just feel like she's been in a lot of things since then that I've really enjoyed. Um, she's very funny. So, yeah, you know what? I'll just go with her. Sure. Love my riddle. Yes. Love that answer. Uh, 46. What's the nerdiest thing you've done? Ever? Ever. The cop-out answer is got a job at IGN. Mm. Um, no, but you need, you need a real answer. Um, I spent the majority of my, like, teenage years, instead of having, like, a normal social life, like a normal person... Um, I spent it uh, moderating and then later in, uh, being administrator of a Golden Sun fan forum attached to the GameSpy network uh, that wow. was largely run by hormonal teenagers. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so like mm-hmm. mostly, but but specifically for the game Golden Sun and like running a bunch of like Golden Sun related role plays, uh, and like like creating characters and like like you know rolling dice for people and 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 like moderating role play. That's probably the nerdiest thing I've done. And also I did that for uh the book series Dragon Riders of Pern. Dragon Riders of Pern nerdy role plays were a big deal back in my day. Uh, so that's that's probably in there pretty deep. I, I still so. I, I still have friends from the Golden Sun fan forum that I hang out with and talk to on the regular. Three of them are coming to my wedding. That's amazing. It really is. The Golden Sun spirit is still alive here, people. I hope they bring a GBA with it in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just play Golden Sun at the wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have to tell them to lower the volume slider. <laughs> 47. Least favorite state. Nebraska. I'm sorry, Nebraska. Wow. Taking Nebraska down a peg. I'm sorry, Nebraska. Mm-mm. You know what you did. Yeah. It's it's Kansas, but colder and with less stuff in it. <laughs> and I grew up in Kansas, so I can rip on Kansas. But I, that's my home state, so I'm. it's not my least favorite. Um, but Nebraska is just worse Kansas. Worst Kansas. It's worst That's Kansas. on the sign when you drive in. <laughs> it's worst Kansas. <laughs> uh, 48. Best thing you've ever won. Mm, have I won anything? Oh, you must have. Surely. I won a tablet once in like a drawing. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I won a competition. Does that count? Absolutely. Yeah, I want a back in college. I thought that I was going to be a, a creative writer, like a novelist or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, silly idea. Uh, and my my junior year, I won uh, a competition for science fiction short stories. Uh, I had a short story that won, and uh, the the prize was that I got to have my short story published in Asimov's. Oh. And I got to go to a big uh, science fiction writer convention in Florida the following year. So my senior year of college, I got flown out to Florida for like a long weekend, basically, and got to go to the science fiction writer convention. And it was phenomenal. And I had a wonderful time. And I had my short story edited by the editor of Asimov's. And we had like a 30 minute long session where we sat down together over it. And it was beautiful and transformative oh. and life altering. And I also knew when I left that convention that I did not want to go into fiction writing. <laughs> Uh, my reasoning at the time was that I I loved it very much and I had a wonderful time, but uh, I did not want to go into a profession where I was constantly worried what everybody thought of my work. I think that is an incredibly valid way of doing that. And then that. I became a games writer. <laughs> and I live in terror all the time of what everybody thinks of my work. Those <sighs> comments, they don't know. They don't care. No. That's incredible, though. That is absolutely a, a, a tremendous uh, a, accomplishment there. I think about going back sometimes, but I think I've been, like, brain poisoned by journalism. I find it very difficult to do creative <laughs> writing now. It's really challenging. I think I might have to get drunk to do it. I'm, I'm not sure. That sounds like a good Twitter thread right there. Okay. <laughs> 49. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? I had Pokemon cards, like most people. Uh, I, unfortunately, again, mentioned it before, got divorced. Uh, We split up in 2019. Well, 2018, technically, but we're doing a lot of the logistics of it in 2019, divvying things up. 
Uh, and uh, one of the things we had to figure out what to do with was the Pokemon cards because we had like melded our collections when we got married and we just had one big binder and like, you know, you kind of know which cards are yours based on like sentiment, but we were married for five years and together long before that. So like, I don't know whose cards are whose. So we, we opted to just sell them, uh, which I can't believe we sold those cards in 2019. If we had hung on to them until 2020, we could have made so much money. We did not. We sold them for like garbage money. It was so worthless. Uh, that's the main thing I collected. I collected like like plush for a while. I just had like a, a ton of plush. Uh, but I, I reduced during the move uh, out of that house and then again to the move during the move to San Francisco. And now I have only a very small amount plus one long B. You got to keep the long B. I will always get the long B stay. Long B is not going anywhere. And Ron's always <laughs> like, where are we going to put the long B when we move? And I'm like, I don't know. On the bed next to me. Where am I going <laughs> to sleep? I don't care. The B's got room. It's a load bearing B. It's holding the, the house B. together. <laughs> it's fine to keep it there. Question 50. Hey. Dubbed the Ryan Davis and the last of the fighting questions, I swear. Oh, thank God. I can't fight anything. <laughs> well, let's see. You're in a fight to the death. With another person equal to your size, you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. So which do you choose, knife or bat? Mm, going with the bat. Going with the bat. Going with the bat. Mm-hmm. I, the knife is more dangerous, and I really don't like the idea that they're going to have it. Uh, but I don't like my odds. Look, if it were me, I'm just like, you're not even getting near me. I'm just swinging. Like, maybe you get a couple good cuts in on my arm as I'm swinging at you, but like, I, I got to keep them away from me. But I don't think I could, I don't think I could ses- successfully dodge a bat to hit them with a knife. Interesting. Thinking about it from the defensive standpoint. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. You're just mashing A in Streets of Rage, basically. You're just swinging. <laughs> I I don't uh I don't parry in games. I refuse to parry. Yeah, me neither. I will not learn. If there's a guard button, I won't learn how to use it. I don't know how. I don't care. I went through all of Elden Ring, never using that ever. Like there was there was like exactly one fight maybe where I had to learn how to do that, and it pissed me off. <laughs> uh. I think I think it was the the uh, the fight with the with the man. Did you play Elden Ring? The fight oh, yeah. with the man who's like a big snake, the snake man. Oh yeah, yeah. The fellow yeah. who turned himself into a, a a snake man. I think it's yeah uh, Nelson Snake. They're all named like like Ratadon or Rat Radican. They're all named some variation of Rat <laughs> Radigan, Ratadon, Radon, Radon, whatever. They're all some something like that. He's one of those. Uh, I had to learn how to parry for that fight, though. Um, but but I dodge. I will dodge. I but I oh, dodge yeah. by just mashing the dodge button by going. <laughs> <laughs> so, you see why the the bat might be the better choice. Now um now it's becoming a clearer picture. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we could talk about Nelson Snakeman all day. All right, this isn't strategy guide podcast. This is the question one. Uh, and we gotta pay some bills to keep the lights on in here. So let's send a quick shout out to the people who do the music for this show. Like the song you're hearing right now from the Mini Vandals, the song that's gonna play us back from break from DJ Williams, the opening song from Diala, or the closing one from Single Friend. 
uh, all great. Check them out. And maybe you have a friend who needs to check out this show. We are fast approaching episode 99, and I think more people should be listening. Hot take. Uh, so send this out to your friends. Send them a text. Send them a link. It's on Spotify. There's a share button, I'm sure. Or do what you want. I'm not the boss of you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. It's the 99 Questions hotline? Hotline. Sure, that's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live, it's pre-recorded, but you know what I mean. I got the number right here, 732-592-9838. That spells out Real Wax Vet. That's right, Real Wax Vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know, all the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real Wax Vet. One more time, that's 732-592-9838. Give it a call, leave a message, have a great day. So, Rebecca, uh, as mentioned, you are on a bit of a uh, food journey, a culinary expedition of sorts, uh, where you are going through, and correct me if I'm wrong here, and making recipes from video games. Mm -hmm. Video game cookbooks, yeah. Video game cookbooks. Uh, Is there anything well first off how did this start so this started uh years ago i received the world of warcraft cookbook as a christmas present uh because uh, my family knew that i had been like trying to get better at cooking just generally they knew that was a project i was working on and that i was playing a lot of world of warcraft which are both true things uh so i got this for christmas and then uh the next day i was hosting because this is on christmas eve i got this gift christmas day i was hosting christmas dinner and i had i purchased a turkey and I had done, I'd done the things you're supposed to do. Like, I wasn't in a dire situation. I wasn't, like, I had thawed it correctly. I had taken it out several days in advance to thaw. So we were good on that bit. And I had, like, you know, stuff for potatoes, stuff for stuffing, whatever. But I realized I hadn't actually, like, really put a lot of thought into how I was going to 
dress the turkey. Like I knew, I, you know, I had salt and oil and pepper, but I, I wasn't, I hadn't really thought about like, you know, do I stuff it with something? Do I like, is there broth that I'm based? Like, what am I doing here? I hadn't yeah. thought about it. And on the front of the World of, Ra- World of Warcraft cookbook, there's a gorgeous picture of this beautiful turkey. And so I flipped open to the turkey recipe just on a whim. Like, I don't know, maybe it'll give me some guidance on what people generally do with turkeys because I've never done this before. Uh, and I was shocked to discover that I had all the ingredients for the one oh. in that book in the fridge already. So I thought, oh, I maybe I can do this. And I did it. And it turned out great. It was delicious. We had a great Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. And then I, in, in the next couple days, I just sort of was casually going through this book and thinking, oh, I can make that. I made like, I think some chicken fingers. I made a couple other recipes out of it. And then I checked the, the table of contents one day on a whim. And I was like, oh, I've already made 10 of these. How many are there? Oh, a hundred? I've already done a tenth of these. I could probably do all of these, right? <laughs> and so I just did. And I spent, I think, the next like year just going through every recipe in the World of Warcraft cookbook. And then I pitched an article to PC Gamer, which actually I have, it, it was in their print edition. I have it uh, open up, uh, hanging in a frame on my wall right now. It's it awesome. First, it was my first like real print article. Um, and I did that. And then I thought, well, now I'm bored. I'm done. I, I should do another one. So I purchased the Elder Scrolls cookbook by the same author, and I did every recipe in the Elder Scrolls cookbook. And then I purchased the Mother's cookbook by a different author, which does every recipe or a bunch of recipes from Earthbound and Mother 3. And so I made every recipe in that cookbook. And then I purchased the Legends cookbook. And at that point, my life kind of got very chaotic, and I stalled out on cookbooking. And I was very committed to finishing. I, I've, I've been working on it for really like two and a half years at this point uh, because I just stalled. I, but a lot of that time was spent not cooking through cookbooks. Uh, and so I, I stalled out a little bit and I, I was really committed to doing it this year. And so I started, I, got, I knocked out several more recipes and then I accidentally drowned my copy of the Legends cookbook. Oh uh, no. I left some lentils out soaking and the oh. lentil bowl overflowed and the cookbook was on the counter and like the whole thing just like fell apart and all the pages fell out. I took photos of the last few recipes I had to go and I believe I only have seven or eight left at this point. And I have the ingredients for one of them downstairs right now. Whoa. So I'm I'm pushing. I'm going to finish this one because I really want to move on to another one. Uh, yeah. I, have the po- I have the Pokemon official cookbook and I really want to do that one. Oh, that's going to be good. Um, wow! Yeah, that that's how that's the long answer of how I ended up doing this. Very that's incredible. Thing. Are there any standout recipes from this that you like have have either incorporated into your everyday life, or obviously it seems like it. it I mean, it was straight up a Christmas dinner. That's pretty yeah. commendable. But any that any that really like uh, blew you away from this whole journey here? Absolutely. So the World of Warcraft cookbook actually is my favorite of all of them. Still, um, the I I do. I do some variation on that turkey uh, most years, uh, depending on how many people we have coming. Sometimes I'll just do like a smaller version of that on a whole chicken. Uh, but I, I do that recipe a lot. I, I basically like use that book for Thanksgiving every year because I do the, the their cranberry sauce, uh, the stuffing and uh, their pumpkin pie recipe that's in there. I do pretty much every Ooh. year. Um, so, so that one's become like a staple, um, the herb baked eggs that I mentioned earlier, I make, and it's, it's a little bit indulgent cause there's a lot of butter in there. So I don't do it like every day or anything, but at, on what, on days when I'm like, Oh, I really want a very indulgent breakfast. Uh, that's one that I do a lot. Um, I also, I'm a breakfast person. There's a salt rice porridge recipe, uh, in the, the elder Ooh. scrolls cookbook. That's basically, it's like really good, rich oatmeal, except instead of oatmeal, it's rice. Uh, it's like a rice porridge. It's really, really good. I love making that for oh. breakfast. Um, 
there's a lot of soups in the World of Warcraft cookbook I do a lot. Um, I do, there's one called lukewarm yak roast broth that is neither lukewarm nor made of yak. Uh, <laughs> but it has like, it's basically this beef, uh, beef stew that's really, really good, but it has sriracha in it. So it has just a little kick. And I love doing that. Like if I'm not feeling well, or if it's the winter, it like really opens up your throat. It's really good. Uh, there's a really good chicken soup recipe in there with like homemade dumplings. Super good. Ooh. Um, and they're all really good. Oh, I do uh, Mother's Cookbook. I pull out pretty much anytime I'm making a burger because there's multiple burger recipes in it that I use as baselines. Um, I did one really recently. Oh, I had... Um, sorry, I'm going to talk forever. You just like opened up a whole world of things. This is going to take up half your podcast. Um, <laughs> I recently made Tendakraut from uh, the Mother's Cookbook. Uh, yeah. which it's, it's sauerkraut is what it is. Uh, we do a CSA box. So we get, it's a community supported agriculture. So every two weeks we get a box full of fresh fruit and veg- vegetables from a farm that's like eight miles down the road from oh, us. Uh, it's really incredible. That. It's a great way to like support local farmers and stuff. But it's, it's basically whatever they're growing at the time. Like we don't choose what we're getting. They just send us whatever they're growing. So they send us like a whole head of cabbage. I don't know what to do with a whole head of cabbage. So I made sauerkraut out of it. And it actually just finished. I tasted it yesterday because it was finally done. It's pretty good. So I'm going to get some like brats or something and make, make brats and sauerkraut here soon. But yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff. I make a lot of things out of there on the regular. That is incredible. I, I, I love the idea behind this. And I, I fully believe you're knocking out those last seven. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The one that I have ingredients for downstairs right now is monster eyeballs from Ooh. Legends Cookbook, which is like from Breath of the Wild, basically. And yeah. They're basically like little jelly eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually probably should make that very soon because it involves blackberries. I think those blackberries are going to go bad if I let them sit there too long. Well, hey, listen, now we got it'll turn into dubious food there. If uh, uh, Dubious food is in there. Dubious food is in there. They've thought of it all. They've thought yeah. of it all. Uh, but got so many more questions. Oh my we, God. Who knows how many, uh, 51. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Oh, uh, it's a photo. So the, the lock screen is a photo of Imran and myself. Oh, that does Aww. not look good in the light at all. <laughs> uh, but if you, if I unlock it, it's Kirby riding a skateboard. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the hat. He's got the backwards hat. Yeah. That's a good curb. That's a good curb. <laughs> 52. What's the last thing you Googled? Let's find out. It's probably, it was probably something I Googled. Oh, no, I Googled something on this show. I Googled <laughs> Saturday Night Live people who have been on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, before, before the show, uh, the last thing I Googled was Karmic Dice. Karmic Dice. I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3. Mmm. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, 53? You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Oh, we already know the answer to this. We've already agreed that uh, we're naming a dog Zelda. That's good. If it's a boy dog, that's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, I fully co-sign this. That's a that's yep. a very good name. Shorten yep, it to either. Zell. Yeah. Z. Uh, so many options. So many options. Uh 54. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Mm. Oh, this is easy. Willow Nightingale. Oh, she is 
killing it right now. Oh, I love her so much. I'm so happy that she's getting like this this wonderful arc uh, and her joy and her exuberance like that speak to me deeply. I love her very much. Yes. Uh, 55. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Uh, pizza rolls. Mm. I love pizza rolls. They're garbage. I can't buy them because if I buy them, I'll eat them. Uh, pizza <laughs> rolls and s'mores pop tarts. S'mores pop tarts specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a strawberry man. That's just me. That's just me. Strawberry's good. Strawberry's up there. The only I don't like uh the the chocolate ones. Yeah. The brown sugar one. I know those that's an good unpopular either. opinion. Not a, not no, a no, no, no. Those aren't good either. Uh the strawberry, okay. the blueberry, the s'mores are all good. Cookies and cream are good, but they're too much. Yeah. Yeah. I can eat like half of one of those. S'mores are like just right. They're just right in the middle. Perfect. 56. Favorite smell? Lavender. I like it. And also makes me want that tea with the lavender. It's good. <laughs> uh, 57. Best candy? Mm. Anything not made in America? <laughs> <laughs> candy or stuck. Uh I'm not a big candy person. I I have developed a soft spot for uh Russell Stover's uh like like truffles. They're like filled with like cream fillings and stuff. Ooh, um, okay. I really like those. I like I like a really good Russell Stover's is fine. I do like a really good like like fancy chocolate, like going into like a little local chocolate shop and getting like one chocolate that's just like really good. And like and like it's like a weird flavor, like orange brandy cream or some nonsense <laughs> like that i i eat that up uh that's, that's pretty good um but i mean the actually the answer you probably like, reese's reese's are good yeah reese's are really yeah. good turns that's, out that, that's like the actual like objectively best candy like <laughs> no one's gonna argue with that yeah except who was it on this show so they hate reese's what? i've never disagreed with them more blake hester that's who it huh. is Blake Hester from Game Informer. Send him angry tweets. File uh, that away, Blake. <laughs> Get it. See, now now I have to find the clip of it to make sure I'm not just slandering him for no reason. But I'm almost no, positive. No, I, I fully believe this is true now. Revolting. Oh, and you know what? I don't care who comes after me for this one. The truth needs to be out there. Reese's Uh-oh. cups are fucking trash. Whoa! <laughs> like... I hate Shots fired cups. here. I do not like chocolate and peanut butter at all. They are they are <sighs> both immaculate on their own, but once you bring those two together, ugh, I hate <laughs> it. Hate that shit. Wow. The, I can I can watch the the numbers of <laughs> listeners just dropping <laughs> through the floor, spiking off. Hey, come at me, listeners. At Metallica's rat on Twitter. I'll fight you <laughs> any day of the week over a Reese's cups. I hate those things. Tell him Bob Buell sent you. I was. Uh, <laughs> 58 worst candy. Red Hots. Why would I just just inflict spicy on myself? <laughs> like it's a status effect. Yeah, like like, spi- spicy. like a well-spiced something. Like so, like like a good salsa with some spicy in it, you know, or something like that. That's That's different. That's good. But why would I just consume spicy for no reason? No, pointless. Throw them away. Get rid of them. Also, what's up with 
Tootsie Rolls. They're terrible. Why did those stick around for so long? Don't give me those at Halloween. <laughs> There's a lot of bad candy out there, actually. Yeah. That's like... That's what I always categorize as like 1920s candies. Like, that was probably the best thing 100 years ago, and now we've evolved so far past it. It's like... Yeah, yeah. but sticking around is the problem. Like, why did that stick around? But I have to, like, jump through hoops to get a single bottle cap. Bottle caps are good. I'll defend a Smarty any day of the week. Yeah, Smarties are good, too. Good choice. 59. What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Oh, I'm I'm in San Francisco. Do people know of restaurants in San Francisco? Um, uh-huh. I would recommend. Uh, I recommended this today to someone. I would rec- recommend West Burger in San Francisco if you want a very good burger and some hmm. tots. Here's the trick: go to West Burger. And if you're if you're somebody who can eat a lot, like maybe you can get by with like two or three people. But if you're like me who can only eat like small amounts of things, uh, get like a total of four people, so yourself and three friends, and go to West Burger. Mm-hmm. And everybody get like the burger of your choice because the burger is going to be a lot of food. Uh, and then get uh, get yourselves among the four of you two of their cherry limeades, and then get like an extra cup so you can split it. Uh, the cherry limeades between between you all, and then get one order of loaded tots, and you're gonna Ooh. have a wonderful time. Yeah, they have uh, bulgogi loaded tots, incredible stuff. Come it's on. like a perfect. The tot itself is like perfect. It's perfectly crispy. Like, soft on the inside, like, perfectly flavored. But then it's just loaded with a bunch of good shit on top. Oh, sorry. There was my cuss word. I said it. Hey, um, we got it. We got there. Sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, very good. Westburger in uh, the Mission neighborhood in San Francisco. Phenomenal stuff. Any place that has tater tots in the menu, I'm in. Really good. Really good. There's a place around me that does um, salt and vinegar tater tots. Oh, yeah. I could, I, I could try that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I love to ruin the roof of my mouth with salt and vinegar chips. Like, oh so much. yeah, oh, mess yeah. me up all day. Yeah, it's great <laughs> to where to where the water dissolves before it hits my tongue. Like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. I love to give my doctor something to be concerned about. <laughs> They're just too bored. I want to spice up their day. Uh, sixty. What's a food you've never eaten? I'm pretty adventurous. I've had a lot of foods. Um. Oh, you know what I haven't had? I've never had kombucha. Ooh, I love a good kombucha. So the thing about kombucha is, like, for a long time, I was afraid of it because of what it is. Yeah, fermented you know, and... It, yeah. It, it sounds gross on paper. I will... It does. It sounds very gross on paper. Agree. So for a long time, I was afraid of it. I'm no longer afraid of it. I have, I have like, overcome, like, mentally my block around eating things that sound weird uh, because I've eaten many things that sound weird. Um, But the problem is, like, most kombucha, like... I, at some point, I need to try this thing for the first time. And when I do, I want to make sure that I'm trying a good kombucha, mm. right? As opposed to just, like, sort of nothing. Yeah. Or a bad kombucha, even worse. Uh, but most good kombucha is kind of expensive. Yeah. So I'm sort of in this limbo where every time kombucha is, like, available to me, I'm like, well, yeah, but do I really want that? Or can I just order, like, the raspberry lemonade and be fine? <laughs> and so I just, it's just, like, this weird thing I haven't gotten around to, you know? Next time it's on sale, pick up a couple couple little jars somewhere. Well, our CSA right, box yeah. has like an extra, like they have an extra item menu every week. Oh. Uh, like this week we got two 32 ounce uh, containers of like fresh pressed apple juice. Oh my gosh. It's so oh, good. that sounds heavenly. But they regularly have different flavors of kombucha in there. And so I think one of these weeks, like, like I don't know, like a farm somewhere made it. It's probably pretty good. 
it is a little pricey, but it's already coming with a box I'm ordering, so may as well throw it on there. I think I might just just bite the bullet and try. Yeah, it's worth a shot. I think so. Uh, 61. Strangest food that you have eaten. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I guess my my like range of tolerance for like what's actually strange has kind of like expanded in because re- I I grew up eating very like like bland forgive me like white person midwestern boring ass food oh. uh like a lot of tv dinners a lot of like a lot of tex-mex that was just kind of mediocre tech like tex-mex can be good but i was eating a lot of mediocre tex-mex a lot of like burgers hot dogs that kind of thing and i didn't really have like a wide-ranging palate as i've i've I, at some point in my life, I decided, no, that's ridiculous. I want to try everything. And so I started trying everything. And now, like, nothing seems weird to me. Um, I fairly re- So I fairly recently tried squid ink, uh, Ooh, which yeah. which I, I guess I don't think of as weird, but, like, maybe it's, like, outside of some people's comfort zones. Um, and I, I thought that was actually sort of, like, nothing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the fuss is about. It's black colored. All right. Yeah. Um, it adds a maybe a slight irony flavor slight yeah. is the keyword but yeah yeah oh well okay i mean i guess i guess in terms of like strange experiences i i fairly recently as part of my cookbook adventures like this year uh purchased like a whole fresh fish that had not been gutted that had not been mm. deheaded or deboned or anything and i prepared cooked and ate that and uh-huh. it, i think like I think, like, for a lot of people who grew up, like, with certain, like, if you grew up fishing or grew up whatever, like, that would be very normal for you. And that would not be something that's weird. But for me, like, I didn't grow up fishing. I didn't grow up eating, like, things that were very fresh like that. And so th- this was a very singular experience for me. And I had a good time. It was a lot of work that I do not wish to do again. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it wasn't that it was kind of, it was a little disgusting. That didn't bother me. But it, it was it was lots of labor. And I had to pick out all the tiny bones. I didn't like that. Someone, I'll pay someone to do that for me. Uh but but it it was interesting and the fish was very good so I'm glad I did it. Nice. Um, that's maybe a little weird. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, sixty two. What's a typical day off? Let's see, typical day off where I have not no no plans. No one's asking me to do any work. Wow. Nada. Let's see. I get up pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a day off, I might get up like at seven seven thirty. That's um, your sleeping in? It is my sleeping in. Most oh, days I'm boy. up at like six or earlier. Um, so get up at like seven, seven thirty, uh, get up, feed the cats, make myself a cup of coffee. Uh, easy morning. Um you know what? If I've got a whole day off, um, I'm gonna go into the city. So I'm gonna make myself a little cup of coffee. I'm gonna I'll probably either read like a New Yorker article or read whatever book I'm reading at the time, or just like sit and have a quiet morning. Um, and then I'll go, you know, get ready, get dressed. And then I would probably go into the city and I would go somewhere and have like a, a breakfast pastry or something mm. uh, and, and sit there for like several hours and read a book and then maybe like go to a I'm very, this is a very book oriented days off are very book oriented. Uh, and I would probably like go to a bookstore, um, maybe like go thrifting, uh, just like sort of sort of like I, I would find like an area of the city or like a, an activity in the city to do by myself. And I would go do that for a while. And then like I would I would do that until lunchtime. And then I would find a place that had like little foods, little plates, like like little cheeses or or little little sandwiches or something. And then like wine. And I would sit there with wine and like little bits, like a like a girl dinner, 
yeah. as, as they call them now. <laughs> uh, and I, w- I would read. I would, like, read for, like, several hours at whatever institution I was at, whether that's a cafe or a bar or whatever, and I would just be there for a while. And then I would come home and spend, like, the evening with my partner. That would be my day off. Is like, time by myself reading in, like, a public space and then time with my partner. That sounds amazing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, 63. Bucket list item that you accomplished. Oh, that I accomplished? Mm-hmm. Uh, have I done anything on my bucket list yet? I don't know that I have. I mean, I... Hmm. 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 That's interesting. Because, like, I've definitely done some things that were aspirational for me, but I don't think I thought of them as, like, bucket list items. But I was thinking, like, what would it be? It's like, well, I went to a wrestling show earlier this year. With, like, like I, went to, I went to an AEW pay-per-view, and, like, that, that feels like it should be bucket listy in my brain. Uh, that was very, very aspirational and very good. That was a good time. Um, so maybe that was it. Or maybe just, like, the, the, bare, the bare fact of moving to San Francisco was bucket listy. Because I, I think, I don't, you know what, getting out of Kansas was certainly bucket listy. Um, just like experiencing living somewhere else. Um, and I went to England, uh, for, for two weeks, a couple of years ago. And that was, that was, again, I guess I have a mental bucket list of like, like certain things, the cats here, uh, that I would (laughs) like to do. I know. And I don't think any of those things are explicitly on this mental list, but, but those are certainly like aspirational life things that I wanted to do. So so yeah, maybe, maybe some of those things. Yeah. Even if they count in hindsight into a bucket list it still counts absolutely do. uh 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish oh oh harsh um mm. no i intend to do all of them are you kidding me <laughs> um i uh, one of them is a bit left up to chance i want to see a whale oh so I have to go whale watching, which is an activity I can do, but I would have yeah. to actually, like, the, the whale would have to arrive and reveal itself <laughs> unto me. So, so that, one, that one's like, that one's, yeah. the other ones I can actually just do, but that one is actually, like, somewhat dicey, so it may not be able to do that one. If you, here's a pro tip, if you slip a 20 in the water, the whale... Oh, that'll. Mm-hmm. The other one that I really want to, I might be a little difficult to do is I really would like to get uh, an autograph from Nicole Cliff, who is like my favorite writer. Um, yeah. But she has become elusive in recent years, uh, so mm. I, I may not be able to. She's 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 living a normal person private life now, which good for her. She yeah. she deserves it. Uh, she had a lot of people who were very mean to her on Twitter, um, but it does mean that I may not. She she used to like hold court in New York hotel lobbies. Uh, and I kept thinking if I ever got sent out there for work, I'd try to see if she was holding court uh, <laughs> so I could go see her. Um, and, but I don't know if I ever will. Maybe maybe you'll find them on a, a whaling trip. You never know. <laughs> Two birds, one stone kind of thing. Maybe. Uh, 65. Dubbed by previous guests the realest question of the bunch. Ooh. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with but regret it. My friend Michaela. Mm. Uh, we well don't keep in contact with. We we are the kind of friends who we we talk to each other a couple times a year, uh, and when we do, it's like we never stopped. Yeah. Uh, it's very comfortable and very easy to uh, 
sort of just come right back. And I think we, we have a mutual understanding that our relationship is somewhat distant. Now she lives in Colorado. I live in San Francisco, but all that said, I don't, I, I wish I did better genuinely. Uh, like I, I feel I have not done enough to maintain that relationship since I have moved to the coast and I, I should do better. She'll never listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) She will never hear this. Never know. That's the magic of the internet. You never quite know. But yeah, probably not. Uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Mm, Pokemon Crystal. Ooh. With just those little dabs of color in there. Pokemon Crystal, yeah. right? Yeah, that was my... It was not my first... Pokemon Silver was my first Pokemon game, but Crystal was way back there. It remains to this day my favorite. Uh, but that's uh, that that's the childhood game right there. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, sixty-seven. What game have you spent the most time playing? Mm, it's probably World of Warcraft. Mm. Probably, if I ask it to spit my hours back at me, it's probably World of Warcraft. I think I've I've spent an embarrassing amount of time i was gonna say do do you have even a rough estimate or no i mean if you want to like pause the podcast i can open up the game and do like slash played and see what it tells me Uh, well i think (laughs) i i'm gonna trust your word for it's a lot i've been playing since i haven't been playing as long as a lot of other people like i started in wrath uh when i was in college uh so i was already i i was not like like a vanilla warcraft player or anything and i i started playing to impress a boy which was a terrible idea ladies don't please uh but i i kept up he doesn't even play anymore and i kept up with it so yeah well showed him i've been to a wedding of my world of warcraft guild at the, at, at one point uh oh I I bantered about potentially attending a concert with some of the people from my current guild so you know Real life friendships, folks. The magic of the internet. 68. What's something you've built with your own hands? Yeah, I've built some Legos. Uh mm-hmm. I built some sets. I used to do some some theater stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I did some backstage work and I, I helped. I mean I didn't do the solo, but I certainly like helped build sets of of various high school, college, and and beyond theater productions. I helped build a our college improv troupe set, uh, which was just basically, it was basically like a panel with a door and and a window so we could like have interactions around it. But yeah, yeah, so I've I've done, I've done like a little bit of that. That's incredible. Yeah. Better than I can do. Uh, (laughs) Question 69. Best pickup line. Demisexual. I don't know. I've never picked up anybody. Well, demisexual and like like bisexual, biromantic, however you're going to parse this down. So yeah. not only do I not understand flirtation, but because I'm also interested in women, I definitely don't understand flirtation because like the whole joke is that we have no idea when people are flirting with us. And we're like, you know, already we're like making out with somebody going, I don't know. Are they into me? Is this a date? <laughs> Like that's the joke. So I I don't have an answer for this. I'm so sorry, but like the like the answer is I don't I wouldn't know a pickup line if it slapped my ass. Gotcha. Don't slap people's asses unless they tell you it's okay. Yeah, that's not a good pickup line. It's uh, not. <laughs> question seventy. Have you ever had any good nicknames? Mm, I mean, Reb is a nickname. People call me Reb. Uh, growing up, I was Becca, 
which I I shed uh, because I thought it sounded like a cheerleader name. Uh, sorry to any Beccas listening to this who don't think they're cheerleaders. Uh, but I guess as I grew when I grew up, I was Becca. Some people called me B. Um, and then uh, Reb just sort of evolved from me trying to be Rebecca, like in in my professional life, and then people shortening that when they typed it. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just that. Yeah, yeah. I, my shit. handle, my handle is Duck Valentine, and the reason why it's that is because I'm sorry, I'm going to swear on your podcast again. Please, uh, go it's ahead. because it's because of my first job writing about games. Uh, I I was just I, I grew up Catholic, so I was just learning how to swear as an adult, and <laughs> I so I was doing it a lot because I hadn't been allowed to swear most of my life, and now I'm like, oh, this is allowed, and so I was saying fuck a lot, and my phone because it wasn't used to me doing this kept uh, auto correcting it to duck. And so my a friend of mine who I was working with kept calling me Duck Valentine, uh, as in Duck Valentine in the 24th century or whatever, like the, <laughs> the Buck Rogers or whatever it is. But then he was also doing like Duck Dodgers on top of that. It's like a multi-layer joke, basically. Yeah. But he kept calling me. He kept calling me Duck Valentine. So that's my Twitter handle and and permanent handle now. <laughs> that's good. I will never not unsee that. Twitter yep. handle now. <laughs> it's, it's fuck Valentine is what it really is. <laughs> I love it. 71? Do you believe in love at first sight? No. 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 Yeah. No. Uh, you know, love is a many-stage process. You can, you can, you know, develop, like, a, a kind of feeling for someone at first sight, but, you know, you gotta you got take time with that. Yeah, there's some nuance there. Gotta get to know someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 72. What's a big turnoff of yours? Oh, gosh. Uh... Ooh. No, I'm not gonna say that. Um... Well, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. No. Um, I mean, I mean, like, so many things, right? Like, like, like all of the o- obvious things. Like, 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 rudeness towards service people. Mm. Um weird political views uh li- paying any attention whatsoever to jordan peterson uh <laughs> like <laughs> you know the list goes on it, well the, yeah. the cool thing about getting divorced and then like starting to date again as as like a grown-up adult uh in my 30s is like oh second time around i already know what i want so you know the the it sounds rude it's like the list of turnoffs is is long but it's also like oh but i i know what i want and so it's actually yeah. quite easy i just i filter out very quickly uh and oh yeah, well here's the quirky one uh i learned this on tinder i was on tinder for a grand total of six months uh before okay. i kind of started casually seeing imran in a way no i think i was on there for a little longer it might have been like nine months before I started seeing Imran and kind of like you know backed away from tinder but while i was on there i learned that i am not interested in anyone who's Tinder bio says something like, uh, no Aquariuses, no Cancers, no Leos, no Scorpios, no Virgo, Ooh. you know, like listing all the, all the astral signs that they are not interested in. I, I see that and I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but I don't care about it, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, I guess if that's just your thing, being into signs and all that, sure. Yeah. But it seems like excluding people specifically for that Excluding, like, half the Zodiac, reason? though. Like, literally half the Zodiac. I mean, come on, people. Oh, and having a po- a very dramatic pose in front of a waterfall. Mm. That never worked out. Treasure's behind the waterfall, not in front yeah. of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Video games taught me anything. Question 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? No. Hmm. Uh, I believe journalism is a skill and a trade. I I don't know that it's art. I really that's maybe like arguable. Uh, because I think when you start getting into things like new journalism, if you're getting like really deep into like journalism, sort of interspersed with with creative writing and storytelling, like maybe you start getting into journalism as an art. So yeah. like, I I guess like like at times I think there's an artfulness to what I do. Uh, but I don't know that I would classify myself as an artist. Maybe one day I will. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, 74? What's something you tried to cook and failed? All the time! Where do I even <laughs> start? Uh, well, I mean, the other day I made us sick on lobster tails, but I think the lobster mm -hmm. might have just been bad, so that wasn't my fault. Um, I think my favorite story is from the Mother's Cookbook. Uh, there is a recipe in that cookbook that deliberately says, this is the hardest recipe in the book. You are going to have a hard time. If you fail the oh, first wow. time, it's okay. Uh, it's just a very difficult thing to do. And it's called Pink Cloud Cotton Candy. And the idea is to replicate the beautiful pink clouds in Magicant uh, from Earthbound. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically hand-pulled cotton candy. So you've probably seen, like, cotton candy machines that spin the cotton candy. Yeah. But this is hand-pulled cotton candy. You can look up videos of this. Like, people in, like, I believe it. I believe it's, like, street markets in Turkey, maybe? Uh, there's, like, a like a skill where you have this, this like, sugar mixture, and you, you basically, like, loop it around your arm, and then you pull it, and then you twist it, and then you have two loops and then you, like you figure eight, twist it. And then you have four loops and you keep twisting. Oh. And then in a certain, you keep twisting it at like this rhythmic motion. And eventually you've twisted the threads into just like these very, very fine strands of cotton candy. And you've made cotton candy that way. But it's, it's like an art. It's something that like people perfect and get very, yeah. very, very good at. And uh, like, like the book warns, you have to practice this. It's really hard. And so I made this and it, it did not succeed. I ended up with basically a mess of sort of thin sticks of sugar all over my counter. Uh, <laughs> but my rule, so my rule when I cook through these cookbooks is I have to, from start to finish, from first step to last step, get through the recipe. So as I can't, if I fail halfway, like if something happens midway through and I can't use a batch, I do have to try again. But if I get through the final step, it counts. And okay. I have to try everything that I make. If it's, I... I really hate wasting food. I try super hard not to waste food, but if I get something, it's like totally inedible, whatever. I still did it. We can throw it out. I just have to try it. So the cotton candy, I was able to, I finished the last step and I was able to take a bite of it and try it. It tasted good. I mean, it was sugar, but it was in this like kind of powdery crumbled mess on the counter. So I couldn't actually eat it. So I had to throw it out. Uh, <laughs> but I did it. I did that recipe start to finish. So it counted. A hundred percent does. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I've had many failures in those cookbooks, especially when making candy, because candy turns out very hard to make. Anything that involves baking and exact measurements, and if you go a centimeter over, the whole kitchen explodes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't do that. No, <laughs> I need, I need a room of error. You know, yep. I need a margin for error in anything I do. Uh, question seventy-five, dubbed the Ben Hansen, after the first guest of this here ben show. Ben Hansen, I know that guy. You know that guy. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? Whoa, what a question. What? No, okay, tell me while I'm thinking of the answer to this. Why is this Ben Hansen's question? So back when he was the host of the Game Informer show, 
it became a weird running question that people would, you know, send in answers to over the course of like six yeah. months. That was just what's the greatest piece of art ever made? Wow. Uh, which is the most hyperbolic Hansony question possible. Yeah, that's but, ridiculous. Yeah, people would write in with just whatever, uh, whatever they deemed the greatest piece of art and their kind of argument behind it. Uh, and it is so hyperbolic and so exaggerated. I absolutely love it. Uh, so I, I threw it in right here. I don't think I know. Oh, this Ooh. is too hard. Um, well, let's see. I guess this is where I go to bat for Ulysses. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, and this is, and, and, and I feel like I can't give a long answer to this because it's been a very long time since I read it. Uh, but I did read it in college and I found it like really profound. Um, I think, I think the, the modernization of the Odyssey, uh, was really meaningful to me because I think like, like Odyssey is like a fairly easy answer for this kind of question, right? Like it's, it's the Homerian epic, right? Like yeah. it's, it's the, the hero's journey, like sort of the thing that everything else is modeled after. Like it's very obvious, but then the whole point of Ulysses is that it comments on it, turns it on its head. And if, if there's one thing people who know my taste in games knows, they know I love a good metatextual commentary on something. Uh, so I, I really liked Ulysses and I found it very profound and we already left the bucket bucket list questions in the dust. But one of the things that I know I will do on my bucket list is go mm -hmm. to Bloomsday in Dublin and do the the Ulysses walk around Dublin. Uh, so that's that's my intention one of these days, along with rereading Ulysses because it's been a hot minute. I could probably understand it better now as an adult than I did in college. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good reason for that. It's just the one that comes to mind. Hey, I love it. Yeah. Uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Absolutely not, but I wish. I wish too. I How cool would that be? I would love to meet a ghost. Oh my gosh. I've had people like try to tell me that houses I'm in are haunted and I'm, and they're like, oh my gosh, what's that noise? And I'm like, it's the door closing, you <laughs> dummy. It's fine. <laughs> I have, I did have a moment like, uh, a couple of years ago when we were out on like a like a weekend kind of getaway vacation thing uh mm -hmm. out up in, in mendocino where like we we were driving we were it was it was night and we were at it was like a restaurant it wasn't like a remote area but it was kind of like out of the way like it was off the set off the road so there weren't like a lot of street lights there was like the lights around the restaurant and then there was darkness and as we were pulling out, I glanced in the rearview mirror and I had a brief moment where I saw something that I thought looked like a ghostly figure. And I looked back and there was nothing there. And I, I blinked at it a couple of times and I turned to my partner and I said, I don't think there was actually anything there. Like, I mean, your brain like loves to fill in the blanks for you when you don't quite yeah. see things. Like, I, I think I just like sort of like looked in a weird way and my brain went Bleh! Uh, and like spit out some information at me. I don't, I, there's no reason to think there was like a ghost or anything there, but I understand how people get to that point and think they see weird things. Uh, so I had, I had sort of a moment of understanding of, oh, I guess if I was like a slightly more superstitious person or in a, in a society that did not understand science, uh, <laughs> I would, I would think that was a ghost, uh, but that wasn't a ghost. That was, that was me blinking wrong. Probably. Probably. It was definitely me blinking, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. 
If a ghost would like to make itself known to me, please do so more obviously than a brief glance at a cornfield. <laughs> I'm here. Quick introduction. I'd, I'll yeah. have a chat. I'd love. Thanks some pot and pans, man. I'm I'm here. Seventy <laughs> uh, seven. Would you ever use a Ouija board? Yeah. Whatever. <gasps> it's like meaningless to me. Gonna summon a demon through that thing. <laughs> Make yourself known to me, demon. I would love this. That would rule. Sick. <laughs> uh, seventy-eight. Simply, why? Because we gotta try, man. Hmm. I like that. Seventy-nine. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Now I'm just like, oh, what are the time travel rules in this scenario? Can I interact with things? Um, no, you don't I, have to answer. Actually, don't actually answer that. Um, <laughs> I got a couple schools of thought here. No, 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 no. Um, hmm. I would go to like the fifties and learn how to dress. Oh, I've been wa okay. I'm, this is like prompted by something. I've been watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel lately, and I'm obsessed with her fashion. Mm. And I just want to learn to dress like her. So I would go. I would like learn how to dress, uh, and then take that back with me. You could probably get like all the clothes at the time for like twenty bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> My money would go so far. I mean, I would like. I mean, that whole show is basically about her trying to be a comedian and people not taking her seriously because she's a woman so like i wouldn't have any rights or anything but mm. yeah <laughs> i would i would look really good <laughs> <laughs> suppose that's a trade-off yeah 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 yep. uh question 80 have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it absolutely i moved i moved Oh yes, of course. When I when I got uh when I got divorced, I so I lived in the same town for at that point twenty eight years, and I said, well, if I'm not gonna do it now, I'm never gonna do it. And so, like a month after we decided to split up, I packed up all my stuff and I moved to Kansas City, which wasn't that dramatic a change, uh, but I did commit to it and I stayed there and then and I lived by myself for three years and then. I got the job at IGN and I moved halfway across the country to San Francisco, which I think was a pretty oh. dramatic change to my lifestyle. And now I'm here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 81. What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? Mm. <sighs> I want to do something fun. I want to go. I want to go be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes. <laughs> Is that the yes. one everybody wants to be on? It's so good. I hear it was I mean... terrible. I hear the experience was absolutely miserable to be on it. <laughs> but I mean, listen, those kids, they couldn't build a monkey together. No. Three pieces. It was really hard, apparently. Like, have you <laughs> really? read like horror stories from that show? No, I, I haven't. So, like, apparently the whole there's horror stories from that show, but basically, like, they would film multiple episodes in a day. So, but it would be this, yeah. it, it would be the situation where they'd have like kids from multiple episodes and they would all do like the first stage and then the people who lost would go home. But then everybody who would like, if you would do the first stage and if you won, you then had to go sit in the green room for like hours waiting um... for everyone else to finish. And then you go do the second stage 
and the same thing. And then if you're doing the temple, so, you, so by the time you got to the temple, if you were there, you'd already been there for like 12 freaking hours, like a really long time. You were probably like hungry and tired and dehydrated. <laughs> and then they like barely explained that maze to anybody. Uh, so they like, it wasn't that the kids didn't really know, like, it, it was the monkey was like hard to piece together because the pieces like didn't quite fit right but then also no one had explained it to them thoroughly and sometimes you'd get in that room and they'd be like wait what room is this i don't even know like you can't <laughs> tell from that angle and also they had those temple guards popping up out of nowhere at yeah. them all the time scaring the bejeebus out of these because these kids are what like nine they're little <laughs> yeah uh yeah so it, it was apparently like actually not a great experience <laughs> but i would uh-huh. love to be on that show it still seems like fun. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. Wear those it. stupid helmets, yeah. yeah. Color coded t shirts and all that. Yeah. Blue Barracudas. <laughs> uh, 82. What's a quote that you love? Uh, from the. From the Garages, which is the band that did all the songs for Blaseball, uh, they have a line in one of their songs uh, No one you look up to is better than you are. I really like that. I like that too. I'm considering. Get, I don't have any tattoos, but I think if I got a tattoo, I'd get that line. That, yeah. Uh, eighty three. What's the best shirt that you own? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give you two. Okay. And one of them you can cut out of the podcast if you think it's too much. I couldn't be more intrigued. <laughs> okay, the podcast safe one, which I do still think is quite good, uh, yeah. is a joke. Because as I, as I mentioned earlier, I don't see a whole lot of movies. But the thing about being someone who's not like huge on movies is that growing up, everybody is constantly on me about, oh my God, you haven't seen this? You haven't seen this? You haven't seen this? And so I started responding, no, I've never seen movies before. I don't watch movies. I don't know what a movie is. And finally, someone sent me a shirt that is like this, this hand with beautiful red painted nails, uh, like writing like mm-hmm. in cursive and it says i've never seen a movie and i never will <laughs> <laughs> and it's my favorite it's so good because and that's, that's just really what good. i say now when people are, are like weird about movies to me i just say no i've never seen a movie and i never will and like de- <laughs> like like monotone deadpan as serious as possible just um, shut it down completely yeah. i love that um the other version of this that you can cut out if you want uh is i have uh, I have a shirt that has like a big pastel rainbow on it, and it says Josh Hawley. Do you know who Josh Hawley is? No, I don't believe I do. He's a terrible senator from Missouri who supported the January sixth. Uh, ah, but anyway, it says Josh Hawley is a rat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna keep that in. That's, you can uh... keep that in. That's fine. I don't mind admitting that I own that. I do wear it. It's great. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, He's a terrible man. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> 84. Would you change your middle name? No, my middle name is Melissa. It's fine. Hmm. I have no real feelings about it. Just a neutral. Yeah, it's. I don't use it for anything. I am running it. Sorry, I'll just talk forever. We've been here for so long. I'm so sorry. Uh, I am running into like this dilemma right now where I, so my last name, Valentine, is my ex-husband's last name. Um, my maiden name is something different. 
Uh, And I kept it because I was published under Valentine already, and I didn't want to have to go through the trouble of changing my byline everywhere. I'm Reb Valentine. Like, that's what people know me as. But I'm about to get married again. And I'm in this awkward situation where, like, okay, if this was my maiden name, I would just keep it because gay feminism. But it's not. It's my ex-husband's name. And it's kind of weird to keep your ex-husband's name when you're getting married to somebody else. So, like, dealing with this dilemma. So I think think what's going to happen is I'm going to legally take his name, uh, but I'm going to keep Valentine as my pen name. Oh, so I have a pen name. Isn't that cool? I love that. Look at you go. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking forever. Pick up the pace. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I had you on specifically for these reasons. I want to uh, hear these answers. Uh, uh, eighty-five. What's a good impression you can do? <laughs> Hold on. I need oh. to hold on. Need to, uh, hold on. Oh, taking a swing. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you, Mario. But our princess is in another castle. That didn't really come off. I don't think actually. Ten out of ten, no notes. It's- I did it on. I did it on NBC uh, Nintendo voice chat last week, which is why it came to mind immediately. Except the version I did was me wishing that Keegan Michael Key in the Mario movie had done something different with his toad voice. And <laughs> and so what I actually did was you done messed up, A.A. Ron! <laughs> Which I thought was significantly better. That's good. Um, I don't I don't think my first attempt there really came off, so I apologize to the listeners. <laughs> For all the toads out there. Uh, 86. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? No. No, I've never wanted a tattoo except for the one that I mentioned earlier. And so far, I have no feelings about it because I haven't had the opportunity to even think about getting it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big, I'm afraid of pain as mm. evidenced by my, my unwillingness to fight even like a single nine-year-old. Uh, so, <laughs> so tattoos aren't really high on the list for me. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, E-T-7. How would you describe your 16-year-old self? Ooh, oh, I sucked so much. <laughs> oh, I was I was not a, a I was not very fun. I was very lame. Uh I was very I was very into anime. Uh I thought I was very deep and misunderstood and sad. Uh but beautifully sad. Uh <laughs> I was I was I was in theater, so I was I was really into that. Uh I was a little bit bossy. Um, I was very, very Catholic, real Catholic, like, like deep scrupulosity. I am going to hell for everything kind of Catholic. Mm. Uh, so very sad. Um, yeah, mainly those things. I was not a fun person to be around at 16. Really lame. To be fair, there, I think there are very few people who are fun to be around yeah. at 16. Thus, High school. Yeah, I grew out of it. It's okay. That's yeah. okay. 88. What's the worst injury you ever had? I haven't I haven't had a whole lot of injuries, which like mm. I've been making fun of myself for not having good answers to most of your questions, but I'm glad I haven't been significantly injured. I've sprained my ankle a couple times. Uh I have been in the hospital once, but it wasn't an injury, it was an illness. Uh, so yeah, no, I've I've not really had any significant injury. Oh well, I fell down the stairs once and and bruised my tailbone really bad. 
Uh, I couldn't sit right for a month, which sucked. And now I'm like one of those old people who whenever the weather changes, I'm like, oh, my tailbone's hurting. I guess it's going to rain. So there's that. But yeah, that's all I got. That's what I do with my knee all the time. I'm like, oh, rain's coming in. And then every like younger person at work is like, how old are you? (laughs) Yup. Yup. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You'll, you'll get to this. Uh, 80 something 89 what's a habit of yours you want to break uh i bite my lip when i'm thinking oh. like the inside of my cheek or my lip and i've oh. i've done that pretty much since i was forever uh and i would love to stop doing that but it's very compelling gotcha uh question 90 getting on the home stretch here all right let's do it have you ever lied on your resume no, I actually haven't. Uh, mm. Yeah, I've been. I think. I think I've been like. I. I have certainly picked and chosen uh, what information I put on my resume to tailor it to certain jobs, including things like job duties. Uh, and I have certainly been in situations where I put a thing that was. De- it was definitely truly one of my job duties uh, to make it look like it was slightly more prominent than it was by listing it at the top. Uh, but, but it was like, it it was always true. I don't think I've, I've never put anything on a resume that I couldn't actually back up. Gotcha. That is, that is my exact rule. If questioned. Exactly. You gotta be able to back it up. Yeah. Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? On purpose? (laughs) Wait, the answer to both of these is yes. Uh, I I punched a girl on the playground in first grade, but it was an accident. Uh, we were playing like some child game or something and she had grabbed (laughs) me and I swung my, I I was just sort of flailing, trying to get out and I swung my arm back and decked her in the eye. Uh, (laughs) I got, I got suspended for a week in school suspension. For Uh, a week? Yeah, I was in first grade and even she, like she went to the principal with me and was like, yeah, it was an accident. We were just playing a game and they're like, okay, you're still in trouble. What? It was horrible. Uh, I was so I was mortified. I was bawling the whole time because I was like a little goody two shoes kid. I would never punch somebody. <laughs> uh, and then I I did martial arts, so I like I punched people in that context. Oh yeah, there you go. We're wearing padding though. We might be able to bump up the nine year olds up to three now. <laughs> Maybe well, but it was years ago. I was in high school. Like I, it's weird because I tried to go back to it at one point as an adult, and my body remembers like the motions, but it remembered like so I I know how to correctly throw a punch, like you know how to. How to how to turn my hand and how to how to like do everything, but yeah. my body remembers the strength and energy of a sixteen year old. Uh, <laughs> but my body is not that anymore, and so I mm. I tried to do martial arts and like ten minutes into class, I'm like, because <sighs> I want to like go really. My body wants to go really hard, but I can't. Oh, so I, gotcha. I mean, I have to get back into shape. But ninety two, would you ever go to a nude beach? Yeah, probably. I've Why done uh, I've done uh, uh, sauna before. Mm. Uh, I did I did sauna and I did um, a a hot spring in Cologne, Germany, uh, where oh. there were certain areas where you were like like clothing was not allowed explicitly. Um, I did like wear a bathrobe around because I was like kind of nervous about it. Uh, but I think like sort of getting over that hump and being in a space where like literally nobody cares. Uh, like made me a little more open to it. So I, I think I think I think I'd be nervous about it, but I, I think I'd be willing to go. 
I gotcha. Uh, 93. Somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? Probably like yesterday or something. I'm always crying at stuff. What would it have been? Uh, did I like see a puppy? <laughs> I cry so easy. Um, for sure. So I finished playing Mother 3 uh, like less than a week ago. So I definitely cried at the ending of that. Oh, uh, okay. So it, probably that's the answer. I don't know that I've cried since. Might have gotten a little overwrought about wedding planning this last weekend. So maybe I teared up a little then. Justifiably so, yeah. Bit, yeah. 94. What's something you've done and will probably never do again? Mm, these are all so good. You put so much work into these. Very, very good questions. Oh, thank you. Uh, done will probably never do again. <laughs> um, <laughs> the stupidest answers coming to mind. <laughs> these two are not helpful for any reason. Uh, I once, uh, for, uh, weird that Kotaku is coming up a lot in this conversation, a place <laughs> I do not work for. Uh, my friend Zach Zwiesen, who still works there when I was in Kansas City, uh, he was doing, like, like food, like, snack reviews sometimes, uh, and he invited me and a couple other friends over to review Bang Energy with him, and so we, in what we referred to as Bang Energy Drink Night, uh, we... Tried name, yeah. like 25 flavors of bang energy. Oh no. Uh, and watched and watched a double feature of Tokyo Drift and Spice World. Okay. I can get behind the Spice World portion of this night. Yeah. Um, so we didn't like drink whole cans. We basically were like doing shots of bang energy. So like a whole can is like the energy, but like, but I think like probably total liquid consumed wise i might have had like a can and a half to two cans which is way too much i was really uh, wired on the way home uh so drinking that much energy drink uh i have done and will never do again bad decision that, don't do it that is a very good call now spice world that spice world you should watch again that Absolutely. i would like to watch that without with no because that was the second movie so by the time we got to spice world I was you were really, just vibrating I was a little weird yeah i was a little <laughs> yeah. bizarre i can imagine uh, 95, best compliment you ever received? Uh, when I was, uh, feeling rather, uh, rather lumpy one time, uh, a, a, a person, the person I was with at the time, very casual, I, I was like lamenting in front of the mirror that I felt lumpy and the, the person I was with just kind of very casually said, Oh, well, you look like those uh, those Greek goddess statues, right? They're kind of lumpy, so you look really good. Don't worry about it. And they were being mm. very offhand about it. Like, in a, oh, you just look like this thing that's nice. You're fine. But, like, genuinely? What a compliment. That's so that's nice. Uh, I, I do not want to date that person anymore for many, many re other reasons. <laughs> but it was a very good compliment. And I, I do think about it sometimes when I'm feeling lumpy. I might have to jot that one down it's for later. It's a nice later. one. It really is. Because you think about those statues and you're like, yeah, they are lumpy, but they're yeah. gorgeous. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I look like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 96. Tell me a joke. <laughs> no! <laughs> I know two jokes. Well. Um. All right. 
how do you put a giraffe in the refrigerator? I don't know. How do you put a giraffe in the refrigerator? You open the refrigerator door, you put the giraffe in, and then you close the refrigerator door. How do you put an elephant in the refrigerator? I don't know. How do you put an elephant in the refrigerator? You open the refrigerator door, you take the giraffe out, (laughs) you put the elephant in, and you close the refrigerator door. The Lion King had a meeting. Who wasn't there? The elephant. Because he's in the refrigerator! (laughs) (laughs) That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. I know, I know, like, three jokes. That's one of them. That's all I got. <laughs> I like the tears to it, though. I like the yeah. layers there. Uh, 97. 97 used to be a question that I came up with that just wasn't all that good. So I Aww. took it, and I crumpled it up, and I put it in the recycling bin, and I replaced it with the listener question of the week. Ooh. Uh, so if any of our wonderful listeners have a question they want to see used on a future show... It's 99, of course, the number 99, questionspod at gmail.com, or 99questionspod on Twitter, or whatever it's called now. Uh, this, I know, it's the <laughs> um, So this one comes from Shabby Sosa. Thank you, Shabby. Four words. I love it. Favorite chrono trigger character. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Oh, I lo- it's a really good ensemble cast. Why are you why are you throwing hard questions at me, Shabby Sosa? Uh <laughs> it's probably um Marl. I like a spunky princess. Um, but it's a really close tie with Luca. I mean I ha- my cats are named Luca and Robo, so but Luca's I, so I good. Yeah, I think I go back and forth between like Luca and Marl, really. Um, but but the spunky princess thing really gets me. And, you know, no, it is Marl, and you know why? Because her victory uh, sprite is this very happy, like her jumping up in the air, like yee! And I that I love that. That's good. With her feet like tucked behind her. Yeah, the whole... it's so yeah. cute. I love her. Yeah. Listen, the sprite work in that game is exceptional <sighs> on all levels, but uh, yeah, uh, Marl's a standout. Yeah. And thank you for the question. Shabby. Thank you. Uh, question 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think like I've always been driven. I, I've changed a lot in my life. Like the the art. I mean, everybody changes, but I think I think people who knew me like in, in middle school or high school would be like really astonished and really confused uh, at, at who I am and not like understand the through line. And so I I think the thing that is like sort of been that through line is that I really I I really very desperately and badly want to be good. And I I think I think the the def and to do good. Mm. And I I think the definition of that has changed a lot like over my lifetime. Like for a long time that had a very religious and spiritual definition for me and then at a certain point it stopped having that definition and I was kind of like lost for a bit, you know, figuring out what that meant for me specifically and I, I I tell this story on a lot of podcasts uh, because it just comes up a lot. But the the sort of defining there's this conversation I had with my editor at Games Industry back when I was there, Brendan Sinclair, that has just like really stuck with me in my adult life. Where 
I don't remember what had happened. Like, we, we were in Slack. It was just the two of us. Because, like, later in the day, we're the only U.S. people on online. And I don't remember what had just happened. Like, I think Trump had just done something heinous. Like, mm. like some, some of the usual, like, like bad, horrible political news. And yeah. I was just staring at it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel so dismayed today. Because, like, I just read about video games. Like, what I do does not matter. It is, it is like, so functionally worthless for the world that we live in. Like, I wish I was doing something, like, worthwhile and good. And Brennan said this thing that really affected me. He said, like, look, we're not, you and I are never going to be, like, like a, we're, we're not going to be, like, a president or, like, like a saint or someone who's going to, like, move mountains and change the world. Like, our, our, our opportunity to become that kind of person, there's so, there's so few people who are that, and if something ridiculous did happen to turn us into that kind of person, like, it'd be completely unforeseen. You can't control it. Uh, but what we can do is clean up our little corner of the world. So you write about games, like you can make this space better. You can make this space better for the other people who work in it. You can make this space better for the people you write about. Um, you can make this space better for the lives that you do touch. You can clean up your little corner. Um, and that like him saying that really affected me. Um, so I, I think about that a lot. And I, I think that has in recent years become my sort of expression of wanting very badly to be good and to do good. Um, I don't always get it right, but I think that it matters to try. And so I've been, I've been sort of figuring out that expression in my career. And I think, I think in more recent years, I've been figuring out how that gets expressed in other aspects of my life. Um, and other, like, how do I help my neighborhood and stuff like that Mm. too. So, so yeah, I guess, I I guess that's sort of the answer to that difficult question. Yeah, no, that is a absolutely tremendous way of, of, looking at it and i love that you have that kind of focus and uh, viewpoint on your whole life i think that that's incredible truly or i'm just making i'm just like bullshitting my way through like the rest of us i don't i don't know (laughs) coin flip you know you gotta try (laughs) you gotta try but here we stand here we stand at the top of the mountain Question 99, the titular question, if you will. Oh. What do you want to be remembered for? Oh. I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't want to give, like, too sappy an answer that ties back uh, into what I just said. But I, I would like to be remembered as someone who, like, put all of herself into the things that she tried to do. Like I have, I have this thing in my like Twitter bio, my ex bio. Ooh, ooh, that sounds bad. That has bad mouthfeel. My ex yeah. bio, no. Uh, I have this thing in that bio. I think I might have actually gotten rid of it since I had to shrink down for Twitter. Uh, but I had it in there for a really long time, uh, describing myself, and it just said exuberant always. Um, and I'm like a really energetic mm. person. I'm a really happy person. Uh, but I also I I feel like I'm a very passionate person about the things that I do and that I try to do. And so I I want I would like to be remembered for that as someone who like even if even if the stuff that I do fails, like I would like to be remembered as someone who put like everything into making it happen, whether that's like relationships in my life or or things with my career or or projects I'm working on, whatever it is. And I, I don't always succeed at that. Like I've got projects going right now that I'm like, ooh, I am not giving this all of myself right now. Ugh. <laughs> uh but I would, I, you know, every morning you wake up and, you know, you, you try again. So that, that's what I would like to be remembered for. Trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And uh, I could tell you that you gave 200% to all of these questions. 
Rebecca, we made it through. We did Almost. it. Almost. I get to ask you one now. We got one more. We got one more. Yeah. All right. This is something I used to ask every guest when I ran Cozywood Kitchenette, which was my podcast doing video game food. I would ask every guest before they left, Bob, what is the best meal you've ever eaten? Oh, this is such a good question. I was kind of thinking, I was wondering if it was going to show up in your 99 somewhere. It's <laughs> so like it turned it back on you. Uh, best meal I've ever eaten. Oh, See, this is how my, my brain works. And this is terrible coming from me where I ask questions that have one answer, but I'm incapable of giving one answer to a question. Oh, no. So... I mean, I just did that for 99 <laughs> questions. You're fine. So I'll, I'll throw out some uh, yeah. uh, special nominees here. Um, years and years and years ago, I remember I did a a, a summer of steak, I called it. And Ooh. I wanted to find the best steakhouse around. And being from New Jersey, New York. Pennsylvania, there are Philadelphia, there are a lot of good options. Oh, that and, rules. Uh I, I remember I did one at uh Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in I think Weehawk in New Jersey at the time. I don't know if it's still there or not. And it was like 10 out of 10 phenomenal, like best steak ever. Oh. Um, so that's probably up there. Uh also special nominee just because how could you beat it like home cooking like my grandmother's like classic like fried chicken and potato salad like yeah unreal but you know that that's like its own category the one that comes to mind and i have probably mentioned on the show before but i think the winner to this for best meal is uh i did a weekend in toronto a couple years ago uh, went up there, saw the Grand Canyon. Uh, Grand Canyon? No, what's the the waterfall? Niagara thing? Falls. Niagara Falls. Thank you. Grand Canyon is uh, a little further south. Yeah, it's a, it's the one without the water. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> went to Niagara Falls. Went to Toronto. Went to the Hockey Museum. Uh, you know, fantastic time. Um, there is a hole in the wall restaurant there. They have no sign. They have a door on a concrete wall with a red light. And if the red light is on, that means they are open. Mm. Um, There are five tables in the entire place. Oh, you know this place is good. Uh, It is the entire place inside is filled with like red and green neon lighting and is just constantly playing like 90s hip hop and Wu-Tang Clan music. Great. (laughs) It's a Japanese fusion restaurant. Wow. That we only found because the bartender that we stayed at near the Airbnb told us, like, oh, this is the place to go to. Like, go here if you go anywhere this weekend. Wow. And we did, and someone else canceled the reservation, and we went in called Han Moto uh, in Toronto. Um, one of the people that we were there with, it was five of us, uh, like, bit into one of, the, like, the chicken wings that they made there and was brought to tears because it was that good. It wow. Was a, it was a chicken wing with the bones of the flats removed and replaced with a dumpling so they put an entire dumpling stuffing inside the chicken and then they sewed it back up and deep fried it oh my god Um, they had this like sashimi salmon thing with like a seaweed and you made your own taco out of it essentially unreal everything on the menu that i had was like 10 out of 10 amazing and uh, in fact, uh, me and my girlfriend are going up to Toronto in September uh, with almost the exclusive plan to just go there. Heck yeah! <laughs> uh, 
because we have to go to a, a wedding in Buffalo anyway, and it's only like 45 minutes different. So we're going. So this has been a very long answer to a single question. I'm which so is glad why you I, got to answer one. <laughs> which is why I never mind when people take their time, because the truth is, is you know, there's always a story there. And I love hearing the yeah. story. Uh, but the answer is Hanmoto in Toronto on one fateful summer eve where we were looking for dinner and had uh, one of the best meals ever with one of the best soundtracks ever. Beautiful. Love it to death. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, well, now, audience, you got your yes. question out It's 100 it. questions. Oh, no. I have to change the artwork. No. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, first off, congratulations on the wedding. I know it hasn't Thank happened you. yet. But Thank that you. is so cool uh oh yeah thank you for taking time during like the two weeks before your wedding which i'm sure you're ridiculously busy already for doing this <laughs> you gotta is this or baldur's gate right now i should be playing baldur's gate tonight would be the other thing you gotta feed calcium to your umbreon you got stuff to do here <laughs> don't oh, tell wait. him I'm not <laughs> first off congratulations and all the best and you know and Thank you for taking the time to do this and for asking me that amazing question. Of course. Thank you. Is there anything you want to plug or promote or waft into the ears of our wonderful listeners? Anything at all? The floor is yours. Um, well, I normally promote my Twitter, but uh, that, eh, uh, I Such tend to be weird space right now. I don't know what it is. Yeah, here. I don't know what's going on there. I'm there. I tend to be Duck Valentine on social media. Um, the, the last terrible fact I'll tell you about me is the reason why I'm not on threads yet is because I made an Instagram as sort of a throwaway account a, co a couple of years ago and now I'm stuck with a terrible username because Duck Valentine was taken and I made oh. a joke username because I never thought I would use it and my joke username on Instagram is Rebby V-Bucks which is the worst thing I can imagine. Wow. That's not great. No. So I'm not using threads. Uh, but in other places is Duck Valentine. Um, and you can find my work on IGN.com slash person slash Duck Valentine. And I do care a lot about what I do. So uh, if you like reading articles about weird stuff going on in the video game industry and how the games uh, you love get made, I tend to write them sometimes. Oh, wait, sorry. Let me throw one other thing is I'm writing a book. I should probably like say that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have a title yet, and I don't have a release date, but I am writing a book uh, that Limited Run Games is publishing. I have a publishing oh. deal. It is a chapter book exploring 12 different video games through their food and food cultures. It should be out sometime next year. So uh, keep an eye on those socials that might be disappearing anytime soon for news about that. She writes books. She trains embryons. She cooks uh, a lot of stuff. What can't she do? Please check out Rebecca. Wherever she is on the socials, she is absolutely amazing at what she does. I thank her dearly for being on the show here. I had such a ball, but the red light's on. It's last call time. Let's figure out what we learned. We learned that being lumpy but gorgeous is a goal that we should all strive for. You know who's doing that? The long B. He's got that big B energy. He's thriving right now. We learned that instead of a first dance, Rebecca and Imran are going to do a first Pokemon battle at their wedding, which is adorable. I also hope instead of champagne, they do bang energy, but that's wishful thinking on my part. 
We learn that Ben Savage loves esports, I guess. We learn that Metal Torrent for the DS is deeply average. And we learn that Barmander is the new Barbenheimer. Have y'all seen this? Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go rile up a ghost to try to be on one of my future episodes here. I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Until then, thank you and good night.